Hey guys, it's Ed. Real quick, before we get into this new episode, I wanted to let you guys know that I accidentally forgot to turn Sean's microphone on when we recorded the other day. Therefore, the first 15 minutes or so, um, yeah, you hear Sean in the background more or less because his mic was off and it was unbeknownst to him and myself and luckily I caught it um, and yeah. So it's about the first 15 minutes or so. Um, you'll be able to hear Sean still, but um, it won't be like normal. So you know what I'm talking about. And I, I, I'm so sorry. And just, that's on me. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Enjoy the episode, though. Welcome to McConaughey. How goes it, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to warmer and longer days. Welcome to the flowers from the April showers. Welcome to a month full of unique episodes on the film effect. Folks, McConaughey has arrived. Listen to some dipshit who doesn't know what the hell he's talking about anyway. I know what you're talking about. Man, it's the same bullshit they tried to pull in my day. You know, if it ain't that piece of paper, some other choice they're gonna try and make for you. You gotta do what Randall Pink Floyd wants to do, man. Let me tell you this. The older you do get, the more rules you're gonna try to get you to follow. <laughs> you just gotta keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. Conversation is finished. I never met you. You never met me. There's only one rule in this fucking jungle. When the lion's hungry, he eats. See, God asked Dad to destroy his son, much like he asked Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac. That too, the law says that you cannot touch. But I think I see a lot of lawbreakers up in this house. Welcome to the Film Effect Podcast, where we take all things film to the full effect. I'm Ed. That's my cinematic life made shown. Hey, hey. And before we get down to the nitty gritty, I want to let you guys know that our ever-growing collection of previous episodes can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, and wherever else you enjoy your favorite shows. You can also follow us along on both Facebook and Instagram. Where at? Uh, the Film Effect Podcast. And Twitter at? Film Effect Pod. And if you're old-fashioned, like to send emails, what's our address? The Film Effect Podcast at gmail.com. And reviews and ratings also help with the algorithm. You can help, too, by leaving us an honest review and rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen that accept such wonderful things. They say a five-star rating a day helps the good things go our way. And so, also helping us out, keeping the party going on and on. All right, some shout-outs. Right. I want to acknowledge, uh, once again, Best Film Ever Podcast. Um, the Page Avenue crew for the guys' story of the year. Um, listen to their episode again on Friday. They they release a new episode every Friday morning, 
and they every they've been having like the last few months consistently like they have a different like musician from like a band they toured with in the past and stuff because they're just talking about you know music and stuff just it's musicians getting through the, the 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 pandemic and this is how the way they're doing it doing podcasts and talking to previous tour mates and stuff and i swear to god that at the end of every episode they always tell you know the person that they're talking to like you know when things open back up we should get together and tour for real and i'm like you guys have said this to at least seven or eight different bands in the last couple months now and i swear to god that's gonna be one hell of a mega tour when that happens like They've got tours booked for years to come, it feels. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, keeping the train rolling, shout out to the Paul and Griff Show. Um, new friends of the podcast, they recently listened to and rated our vacation episode and had nothing but good things to say. And last but not least, shout out to the Even the Score podcast, who uh, acknowledged that they also did Dazed and Confused for their 420 episode a few weeks back. Appropriate. Yeah, definitely. Uh, charting, we made it up to the top 150, I believe, 153rd out of 200 for the uh, film reviews in the uh, here in the states. Uh, Australia, though, we 70. we are still charting as of this recording. We are up from 71 to 70, uh, and on Apple's iTunes on iTunes film review podcast. So. Uh, yeah, man. Shout out to our Aussie friends and fans. You guys have just been great. We acknowledged you guys last week. So, uh, yeah, it's it's nice that, you know, we're getting we're getting fans from all around the globe. It's, it's kind of like a surreal feeling. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, what was that about? So, <laughs> shout out to Switzerland. How did we get to the Swiss, man? I have no idea, but you guys have been great. Um, definitely. Uh England, of course, again. Um, there's somewhere else. Ireland. I was going to say, we tracked in the motherland. Sure, that, we tracked in Ireland, yeah. and we tracked also in Canada at one point. But that was, yeah, not recently, though. So, to all of our Canadian listeners, uh, spread the word. Oh, so, I mentioned last week that we have news. So, I'm going to get down to the first of the batch and uh, if you've been following us on the socials, you pretty much already know this by now, but we now have a merch store that is now going live. As of now, we have two designs. Uh, one that I just posted yesterday. What was it the day before? It's, it's um, I don't know if you've seen it or not, Sean. It's got the, the t-shirt. It's got a front and back design. Oh, it does? Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty cool. Um and I'm also, I've got some ideas from for upcoming designs and whatnot. We might do some uh, exclusive batches for like a sp- limited time and stuff like that. You know, just do some different things with it now that we have an actual merch store. Yeah. Uh, where is that merch store located? Well, if you're not on Facebook or Instagram, you can find the links there or Twitter as well. Um, it's tpublic.com slash the dash film dash effect dash podcast and um i believe that is our uh personalized uh url so if that does not work let me know uh but yeah facebook the link's on facebook what's that i think you're right i've been forwarding it out yeah film effect yeah it's one of the dashes right yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay see that's right okay cool so yeah merch 
Go get that merch, guys. Mugs, masks, magnets, hoodies. Pillows. We got, we got pillows. Shirts, hoodies. Yeah. Onesies for the babies. Yeah, that's where we do that. We do babies. Yeah, we do. We do. It's crazy. Tote bags. iPhone cases. It's crazy. It's only appropriate, since we're a movie podcast, that we talk about the fallout from the Academy Awards. <laughs> Jesus. Did you watch? Nah, no, I don't know. I haven't watched in years, so I, I, I tune in. Read about it, hear about it. Mm-hmm. Usually, I, mean, I, I watch the clips afterwards. You know, like that was. Uh, even Andy said, like today, I, I guess it shows that even the producers don't know what name is going to be read. I mean, why would they schedule it to end that way? Like set up for failure. I think. Do they they really don't know until the envelope? No, they is don't. That envelope is sealed. They don't I'm know. To the producers, like even right. The, they were banking on that kind of ending. They wanted that Chadwick Boseman right, name to right, be announced. Right, right. But then when they got Anthony Hopkins, on top of that, he's, he's a not even he's, he's, yeah, he sleeps 4 a.m. in Wales. You know, he ain't <laughs> up accepting. Exactly. And then the next day, he's like posting uh, videos, singing songs at his father's grave. Yeah, I know. He's going to visit his dad's grave. He's like, I'm Academy Awards man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, more power to him. I mean... To think that that was only his second win. I mean, I guess I'm used to him being nominated every year, but not winning. He's just, he's kind of filler. I feel like he's nominated so much. Did you ever read that letter he wrote to Brian Cranston after he, like, finally binged all of Breaking Bad? No, but I can imagine where it went. It's pretty, it's like, it it kind of brings a tear to your eye. Like, he, you know, he never caught the show when it was on the air because he, you know, filmed and whatnot. Then he's on a hiatus. Right, so he decides he's going to sit down, and he want to see what the hype was about. So he binged the whole series in probably a couple of weeks or whatever. Right. As soon as he was done, he took to his computer, typewriter, whatever, and he drafted up a letter. You know, had it forwarded from his agent to Cranston's agent. But like, that's awesome. It's like he, this is Sir Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. And he's like, telling Chris, he's like, you are the greatest actor of our profession. <laughs> what you have done with this character, and, the, and just like when you, it's it's online, it's all over the place. You yeah, read that letter. I'll have to look it up. Cranston. Definitely, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty fucking cool, man. When the guy just like a guy of that caliber, you know. So yeah, so so we get Chadwick Boseman not winning, and I, it was kind of odd that they didn't. I mean, I guess watching, I didn't watch it live again. I, don't, I, don't, I haven't watched it in years. But to, I guess when you're expecting the best picture to be announced later and then it gets announced like 45 minutes earlier than expected because they still have best actress and best lead, you know, uh, actor. Um, I don't know. What one again? Uh, Nomadland, have you seen it? No. It's actually very good. It's on Hulu. Okay. We watched it a couple weeks ago. Oh, it's on Hulu. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, it's on. The, uh, yeah, pretty, yeah, it was Hulu. Okay. Yeah, it's on there. Um, and I'll say McDormand deserved it. I mean, hats off to her. Three man. Pete. I know it's only rivals Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. That's um, that's something. And of yeah. course, I'm hearing about all the actors also, or not all of them. I'm sure a lot of them were, you know pulling through for people like to, to get that message out there to go back to theaters it's safe go see movies at the movie theater you know 
I know Fast 9 has that whole campaign right now where, like, you're going to return to the movies with a Fast and Furious film in June. It's mm. like, get ready, you know. It's nothing like that theater experience. And it's like, well, can't wait to see, you know, Grand Grand Dams and Grand Prix or whatever getting fucking slingshotted around cliffs and stuff. It's going to be a fun time. I'll be there. But that would not be my return. I have plans of going back to the theater after a year and a half for Spiral. Really? I'm seeing Spiral, dude. It's not getting a premiere VOD release like the rest of them. Really? The only way to see it is to go to the theater. I'm sure they'll fast track it to, you know, come out on Blu-ray in like two months or something like that. But I I thought about it and I'm just like, do I want to do it for Fast 9 or do I want to do it? First, a spiral. I'm like, fuck it, I'm getting antsy. I'm going to see Spiral. <clears throat> so you hear, you heard it here first, gang. Um, other than that, not really a whole lot coming out of the awards ceremony. Um, McDormand won. Her movie won best. Um, uh, Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, he won supporting actor, even though it's. Questionable. He should have been lead actor. I, I don't understand why they both got nominated for the. the I mean, why, I understand why they both got nominated. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. I mean, they, they equally carry the film. Have you seen it? Uh, excuse me. No, I told you I, I started to watch it, but then fell asleep. It had nothing to do with the movie. It, had, it was at no movie's fault. I just picked a little bad time after work late at night to start right. it, and unfortunately didn't get her back around to it until it was. At pool, you know, then we have it's only there for 30 days on HBO Max. Oh, that's right, it's not there anymore. It's not, it? no, after a month it goes. Well, I knew that, I yeah. just forgot when it, when, when, it, when it premiered. Shit, which reminds me, Godzilla and Kong's now gone. I forgot to watch it again. <sighs> now I'm well, it's, it's not long before they turn it right back around. Yeah, just like Wonder Woman came back say, awfully Wonder quick. Woman hit like this week and or next week, and it was, you know, it was there all through Christmas, so it was only a couple yep. months. No. Alright. Um, uh, you know what you know what else hit Max today? What? Tom Cats. Oh <laughs> I <laughs> smell do I smell an upcoming episode? <coughs> yeah, you're flying solo on that one now. <laughs> I do have a birthday episode to pick from. <laughs> um we talked about what happened to Arclight. Yes, a we did. Ago. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Alamo Draft House facing the same predicament. Have you seen that? I did see that. But they kind of like got saved at the last minute by yeah, some I knew. major shareholder or something. And Tim, like they had to repurpose $100 million in debt. Like they almost, I've always wanted to go to one of those, um, one of those theaters. Yeah, I've always wanted to go to that. You know, a similar experience was I've always wanted to go to the draft house too. The closest one's in Winchester, which is an hour and a half away. I, I've been to Winchester before. It's Virginia. Yeah, it's like outside of DC. It's like Northern Virginia. Yeah, you know what? Me and me and Venker, were, we were supposed to go to that one. Crisis, almost fifteen years now. It was. Uh, Weren't you gonna go see Dark Knight there? No, no, no. We were gonna go there. In fact, we were on our way. Just got hemmed up in traffic. Just. You know, we'd have never made it in time. It was some like, it was a Lebowski event. That's right. They, I they do had, remember this tie, now. Yeah. Tie, so like I had my sweater. We had made up the little pieces of paper with the Jackie Treehorn sketch. We we're gonna hand out. You know, it was like trivia and all kinds of stuff. But it was, you know, it was, I remember this now. Yeah. We, we 
I got off work early, so did he, and he snatched me up. We left right from, this is when I was running that Barrage of Storm Perry Hill. We left right from there, and you know, we had probably two and a half hours to get there, but we got hemmed up in like Friday traffic on whatever that interstate or through. Probably 66, was. which is a I, nightmare. Yeah, it's whatever it was, I just know, like, I'm looking at the clock, and the yeah. show starts in 20 minutes, and I see nothing but miles of cars. It, it was that 66 traffic. So we, we had, you know, two thirds of the way there, we had to turn around and bail. Yeah. Um, but well, I had been forget to a that. Similar to that, they used to have that premium cinnamons and Owens Mills that, you know, would serve, you know, uh, beers and, mm. and, you know, high-end, you know, I just think the, the concept is cool, man. Sit down with a meal and a couple of brews and watch it flick. Like the that. senator? Well, that's, um, that's a, that's a story for another <laughs> I got day. a funny story about the senator. I do not want to get into that now. <laughs> <laughs> We'll just tease it. <laughs> Hold that for the appropriate episode hey, because believe me, covered, it's a fucking sure story. Watchmen at some point, we can tell the story then. No, oh, you're gonna give away with which episode it's gonna be on. Oh man, give them that much information. That's all right. Uh, just, okay. If you want to hear the senator story, be on the lookout for the Film Effect podcast coverage of Zack Snyder's Watchmen. Oh yeah, <laughs> look out for that. I guarantee you, half that story. episode will be dedicated to story time. <laughs> Get ready for a story time of all story yeah, times. I redeem myself all over again. Oh, Christ. But, yeah, fortunately, Alamo Draft House was kind of saved at the last minute. Although, they did wind up closing like three other locations, didn't they? Uh, maybe. I think they saved maybe. You know, the big one in yeah. Austin. Or Austin, of course. Yeah. Does all his stuff from. Did. Did. So, really recommends. What would you get for a six-year-old boy who chronically wets his bed? Well, I haven't finished yet, but I decided to to do. I started it the other night, but I forgot how long the film was. I was gonna do like a, a side by side, um, like a Hoffathon. I started watching um, Danny DeVito's Hoffa, starring Jeff, and then Irishman, and then and then Irishman, yeah. And I got about an hour into Hoffa. It was late, and I just wound up getting a little sleepy eyed, so I turned it off. I, I haven't done it yet. I plan probably by the time we. You know, we go live next week. I'll have, I'll have done the the double whammy there. Um, Every time Hoffa used to come on HBO, it'd always be at the end and seen at the diner, at the diner of the you know, well, the, the end of Hoffa. Yeah, you know, bookends with that because it's you know uh, where, where I left off is kind of you know because it. it, it I, I always every time I turned it on, there was always Frank Wally at the back and, and Danny DeVito making right, a run right, for right. it. That's, that's about where well, that 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 happens. Toward the end of Act One, because I was there, I got to that point. That might have been the last scene I, I actually got through was when Whaley's waiting for the, you know, he's he's, you know, trying to use a phone booth, and Davidos right. can't use that that phone right now, and shows him his Teamster card, and he just shuts the hell up. Um, but the big thing was is like, you know, that was speculatory, where Irishman was almost uh, like confirmed to an extent of what really went down. I mean, we're never going to know for sure. Yeah, of course, right. With, uh, what, was, what was the nearest character, Frank something, in that movie? The oh, I, I don't remember. Because it's based on a book you wrote called I Heard You Paint Houses. Yeah. Um. Um. I was going to say. Oh, I watched... I watched two films this week. What'd you say? Um, I watched I rewatched 1917. 
That's right. Yeah, you were uh, you were doing that when I was on the phone with you the other day. Yeah, um, 1917. Which I mean, I'll, speaking of the senator, I actually went and watched that when it came out by myself at the Senator. Loved it. Um, yeah, I was, I, I was... Have you seen it? Uh, you have it on your voodoo, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, that's where I watched it. We watched, we sat here and watched it. Okay, so you have seen it. Sam Mendez, was it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, it was, it was cool. Like, it pulled off the whole kinetic, you know... Yeah, it was work. nice to get that rewatch out because I hadn't seen it since yeah, the theater. And, um... For as much as I wowed about about it when I first saw it, because I really did, um, I'd say after a second watch, it's still really good, but it's not that wow that I claimed it to be when I first saw it. Um, mainly because I feel the story that the film itself really slows down about forty five minutes into it. After um, uh, his buddy, whatever, after this, the one guy gets dies. Um, there's a whole thing of like spoiler alert sorry <laughs> there's the whole <laughs> back up spoiler alert when she dies or when his, his, his buddy dies and then he goes into hiding with that woman and her baby remember. and then like she like sings the song and everything and See, it's I, like it, it kind of slows you down and then um, of course Bram Stoker's Dracula which I watched I for the first time I mean, did you see my comment about yeah. how Roman Coppola came up with most of that stuff? And, he's, was like and it shows. It's on. It's, it's, it's right like there that, on that camera. Crawling across a beam upside down. Props for just doing something different back in the early 90s. I was um, there opening night. Brown, I, I, I might have went with me. I remember seeing And I remember that movie was huge in 92 yeah. when it came yeah. out. And I had never yeah. seen it. I never sat down and watched it. I um, we, we, no real reason. She, Mandy wasn't into it. She bailed. We started, you know, a couple months back because I had shown her um, Kenneth Branagh's uh, Frankenstein. Yes, De Niro. De Niro yeah. So we kind of did like we were, we were doing that type of thing. Right. And like it was her second attempt. She's like, I just can't. I just can't. I just can't. Like, it takes can't. a lot, but I just I'm in for like the cinematography right, and the exactly. art design. What, it's so damn. It's different. It's so unique. It is, it is. For the way it's pulled it. off. You haven't seen anything like that before. And then that part you where watch your features on there that shows how they pulled that off. That's you gotta have it. The four K, no, the, the four, the four K is bare bones. It's four K. Really? All, all of it goes all to the. Content. I got you. I got you. Um, yeah, you should. I mean, you want to borrow the disc. Well, it comes with a Blu-ray as well. I'm wondering. It's probably, the, the, it's probably that same Blu-ray. More than likely. But another thing that I really liked about it when like. The, the the girl's city gets killed and all of a sudden all the blood from the side of the shot like just explodes mm-hmm. while she's in bed it's just mm-hmm. a great shot and then of course with her with Winona Ryder's character on the train you see like the eyes mm-hmm. and then open up in the background in the red very cool it is so up. cool um but it was something it's different and yeah it's taken me 29 years but better late than never yeah so I'm going to say that's my weekly recommend. Bram Stoker's Dracula. If you're like me and you haven't seen it, you've been sitting on it for all this time, just, it's, now's the time. Get on it. Yeah, for real. Get on that so shit. up 35 years later. Be like me. Get on that shit. <clears throat> all right. So you want to talk about the movie of the night? Oh, the, the, well. the movie of the week? I mean, that's what we're here for. Yeah. Okay, guys, one more thing. 
this summer when you're being inundated with all this American bicentennial Fourth of July brouhaha, don't forget what you're celebrating. And that's the fact that a couple of movie-owning aristocratic white podcasters just wanted to talk about a bunch of Matthew McConaughey films. <laughs> this is Days to Confused. This country is founded by people who were in the aliens, man. George Washington, man, he was in a cult. And the cult was in the aliens, man. You didn't know that? No. Oh, man, they were way into that type of stuff, man. Getting air from there, man. It's no good. It was the last day of school. Uh, Miss Crawford, I was thinking that maybe you and I can get together over the summer. I mean, it'll be legal. I mean, it can be. It was the first day of summer vacation. Do you guys know anything about a party here tonight? No, sir. It was a time they will never forget. There's a new fiesta in the making as we speak. I thought he was cute. Well, that's you thought he was cute? Do you realize when he graduated, we were like three years old? If only they could remember it. Okay. So you're not going to go to law school? What do you want to do then? I want to dance. You going to be quarterback next year? I don't know. I might not even play. You're in need of a serious attitude adjustment, young man. Super dominant male in a 50s greaser uniform. That's what I love about these high school girls, man. I get older, they stay the same age. <laughs> the 50s were boring. The 60s rock. The 70s, oh my God, they obviously suck. Dazed and confused, see it with a bud. Behind every good man, there's a woman. And that woman was Martha Washington, man. And every day George would come home, she'd have a big, fat bowl waiting for him, man, when he'd come in the door, man. She was a hip, a hip, hip lady, man. So let's start off with first-time viewings. Uh, it's, it's just that. You see, this is actually uh, my, my first time. No, no, my first, it's my first time uh, since my first time. So technically, that's my second time. And... I don't, I don't, I don't want to suck at it. So if I'm not up to, uh... and I'm going to turn the attention to you because I'm kind of curious about your first time with this. I'm um, sure it's going to start with Golden Ring. No, 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 no. Did, um, <laughs> I think we talked about it before. It didn't get a really wide distribution because I remember wanting to see it. It was like an Empire Records where like none of the theaters yeah, like were the showing close, it. I'm pretty sure the closest theater was like way down by DC or something. I remember going to visit a friend I think he was going to Salisbury uh-huh. and we visited for the day and I just remember there a theater either on campus or nearby was showing I'm like holy shit that movie's here and we just and I was with two buddies and they didn't want to go see it I was right up. right so I had to wait for home video but I'll never forget it was the old um Hollywood video before it was the, the the chain Hollywood video the independent one that was up there on Wise Avenue okay yeah yeah you know, you know what I'm talking about it's a little mile and pop shop now it's a chiropractor it's up there by Wise Avenue where the dominoes yeah, and all yeah, that yeah, is yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it, um, I thought so, that was an I love video maybe it was it had a different a couple different names but okay but, yeah but I gotcha anyway um, I belong to you know I've, I've had memberships with Dare Errol's Drug City Blockbuster and all of them in case one didn't have it I'd go to another right um and for whatever reason, I was dead set on getting it from there because they had a waiting list. So, like, if the movie was out, you put your name on the list, and they let you know when it was your turn around. Right, right, right. So, I took the thing out, 
And I couldn't get enough of it. I kept showing it to my friends. I, they kept calling me, like, um, you still got, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm going to pay all the late fees. Don't worry. I'm just not done with it yet. I'd had it for like almost six weeks and I got a letter in the Jesus. mail. They were going to sue me for like 600 bucks. Oh, yeah, they played like that. They were, they, because, I mean, back then, the, 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 the cost of, of the, a movie back yeah, then. Yeah, as I know. It was, it was like $150. Right, right, right. And I'm just figuring I was going to like tally up on you no. know, $1.50 late fees every, you know, times 30. Right. And, and I wound up having to give it I wound up taking it back. And then um, that following Valentine's Day, the girl that I was dating at the time actually bought me a VHS copy. Right. Back then, when they were expensive, but yeah, like it made its rounds. Like I, you know, I, I took it on tour. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you guys yeah. got to see this film. <laughs> this this reminds us of us. You know, it's like all all my friends back then. So yeah, that's what it was. Was me almost getting sued for half a grand by a model pop video shop because I wouldn't get the damn thing up. Love it. Uh, for me, I caught this um, never in its entirety, always in bits and pieces throughout. Um, I want to say in like the around the mid '90s when I was like 10, 11, um, up and coming cinephile myself. It it was always on the USA Network, like Ooh, late on weekends. Yeah, but you know it's not like you popped your cherry on a commercial TV edit. Yeah, uh, yeah, I did a that little. Sucks. It was about twenty years ago when Corey's birthday. Uh, we used to, we always he we always go crash at his place for his birthday, run a movie, go to the theater, and. For this year, we went and rented. I picked. We were going back and forth. I remember this night very well because we were just going back around, around, back and forth. Didn't know what to get, and I finally was like, "Dazed and confused." A DVD. And we took it home and watched it, and uh... Is it good? No, it's all right. It's okay. I knew exactly where I was. I pick up where I left off. So I remember this night very well, going around Blockbuster and taking a long time not finding something to rent. Things that we did pick were out. Me, Andy, it was me, Corey, and Metz. Oh, okay. And um, I finally, we're going around Assault and Comedy DVD, picked it up, went home with it, and they didn't like it. Not to throw these guys under you the bus. Sorry, Matt. Sorry, Corey. But they didn't get it. Well, well they weren't. Were they, this was were 20 years ago. They, yeah, we all were. Okay. I mean, this was 20 years ago. So I was like 16, 17. Right. And they're only a year and a half younger than me. So they're like 14, 15. And like, they just didn't get it. Meanwhile, I'm just like, this movie's fucking awesome, you know? Yeah, I'll never forget. Like, I remember when Kahuna... 
wound up getting the soundtrack was split with two. It was like volume one. Yes, volume. it was a vo- it was two volumes. I remember well, that. I remember like he was delivering for a sub shop at the time or something, and I'll never forget the way I found out he had the soundtrack or whatever. It's like I think we were using beepers back then. But yes. He, he, he beat me because we were getting together after work or whatever. And I called him back. He's at a payphone. And I hear, like, Free Ride or one of the songs blasting, you know. And he comes and picks me up. We go out. We're fooling around all night long. And, but I remember he picks me up and he's, he's got volume one of the soundtrack. I'm like, this is awesome. We play, we had it nonstop. We just okay. did, we didn't take the disc out of the thing all night. And then two days later, he's got the second one. Yeah. I just thought it was cool, like, Kahuna went out and got the soundtrack, and it was all just, you know, put that shit together on a mixtape. It's all classic rock. It's a great soundtrack. I mean, this movie literally has no musician for, for yeah. the film, because it's all just... It's all it's contemporary all, music exactly. for the period. They just went out and spent the chunk of the budget on just getting these songs for the rights to them. Yeah, ironically enough, they can't get the song the movie's named after. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. Um, let's just get into the movie. Let's just dive into this fucker. Here we go! Alright, here we go. Alright, alright, alright. So we got the film kicking off, the Aerosmith Sweet Emotions. Yeah, it just like builds perfect, you know what I mean? Right from the Gramercy logo, like as soon as that that pops That's what I think. Not even the Universal logo, it's the Gramercy logo. Right, right, and you you hear that, 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 that. The echo, the, the, the yeah, distortion, the, the, the re- pickup, the, the, pick yeah, the, the, the reverb yeah. intro, like slowly build, and then it pop like the timing. It just pops perfect because as soon as as soon as it kicks in with sweet emotion, you see, see the car. Pickford's, you know, GTO make that turn, man. Yep, it's, yep. it's cruising nice. on the school. Yep. So we got treated the various shots showcasing the final yeah, day see, of and everybody's personality. You see, Slater's making a deal. You know, he's selling something yeah, to somebody. Yeah, that's right. You know, um, you got Donnie's flirting with, with the girls. Benny's running his football drills. You know, your quickest character. They're like, they establish every character very quick and very concise. And it's very, I don't want to say subtle, but they don't waste too much time on it. And you get a gist of who's who and yeah. where they play in the social hierarchy, you know, in this in this high school environment because this film has quite the cast of characters oh yeah and Linklater is trying his damnedest to get everyone as much as everybody gets something to do man everybody gets a little something to do and it's it's a big it's a tall order it really is is. and he's able to pull it off you know Um, so yeah we're at uh, for those wondering Lee High School summer of 76 so the bell rings as everyone heads to their classes. We're introduced to Jason London's Randall Pink Floyd discussing plans with his girlfriend, Simone, who's played by Joey Lauren Adams. The following scene that introduces us to other characters, including Mia Jovovich as Michelle, Sean Andrews, Kevin Pickford, Rory Cochran, Slater. Rory Cochran making his return to the film effect. Yeah, man. Uh, like Empire Records, me too. Yeah, man. Like and uh, Sasha Jensen's Dawson, as they briefly socialized before class. And then we're introduced to you got Adam Goldberg, Marissa Rubisi, and Anthony Rapp playing a trio who spend the entire film together, more or less. Yeah. Um, there's all for like maybe two scenes. They're, the three of them are all together. Mm-hmm. It's established that they're friends with Pink and are looking to get into some fun that night. One word, Bernstein. Much to pink surprise. Just it makes you deep throat. <laughs> she tells them. Is it them. a smoked or a liquid lunch? <laughs> <laughs> I 
You got Raps Tony then tells Goldberg's Mike about a dream that he had where he was making love to a gorgeous female with the head of Sir Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Very different. <laughs> So then the varsity football team, which the majority of these characters are a part of, begin talking about this letter that they all have to sign. It becomes the basis of one of the film's many smaller subplots, but still an important one for the Randall character. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, his, it's his through line, you know? Yeah, and he's got... I mean, it's not really... There's, there's really no... The plot of the movie is just... End of school. Yeah, exactly. Having, having a party. There's yeah, that's no... why. That's why I'm one of the later on. There's a smaller subplot. It's yeah, just... there, it's it's all. It's really all the film is just stringing together. So there's not like an over arc. There's not a. There's no consequence. Right. It's just it's a hangout film, man. You just throw it on there when you're sitting around with your buddies. But here's what I take from this 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 whole letter thing with Randall. He spends the majority of this movie like against it, like angst and all. Only to just give in at the end of the film, where he just says, "I'll probably end up signing it," you know. But it's like he's been—he acts like he's got something no, to prove. He says, "I'll never see. I might play football, but I'll never sign that." He stays. But before he stays. that, he tells either Waterson or Dawson he'll probably end up signing. Well, he says it. that in the beginning. At the end, he just no. At the back. end, when they're on the football field, though, before oh, that's, yeah. it's something that I. But noticed. then he then he he flips it when the coach shows up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll never yeah. sign because that's that. the last straw, of course. You yeah. Know? That was just the straw that broke the camel's back, more or less. Right. Um, So then the guys then load up with paddles and head over to the middle school to warn the forthcoming freshmen that they'll be waiting for them at the end of the day. But before they head over, Jody Kramer, who's played by Michelle Burke here, comes out and asks the guys to take it easy on her kid brother Mitch, who's in the eighth grade and will enter the high school in the fall. Cole Hauser's Benny tells her not to worry, but when she leaves, he says it was total bullshit and that Mitch is a dead man. Actually, if I'm not mistaken, in 76... I want to talk about this hazing tradition that was, I've never well, heard of before this film. It, 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 it went down like that back then. I'd, like, every, Wooden paddles made in tech ed? It, 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 more, more in the South, in Texas like that, but yes. Now, what you have to remember, though, back then, the, the, the school structure was different. Oh yeah, yeah junior high and high. It wasn't was middle and high. Yeah, so, exactly. So they were they, when you're a freshman, you're coming in on tenth grade. You know, so okay, that's so right. I forgot Mitch, about that point. You're yeah, right. Mitch. That that, that's different. why. Uh, what's his name? He gets his brother's car. He's old enough to drive. He's yes. in ninth grade. Yeah. You're, back that then, you sense. went you went yeah. to ninth grade and junior high, and high that. school was ten, eleven, and twelve. Mm-hmm. So they're ninth graders coming into. You know, sophomore was as weird as like you know, freshman was a sophomore. It was weird, but whereas we grew up with like elementary, middle, and high, right? You know, but back back then, if most, if not all, the structure was different. That's all. Yeah, it was structured. Elementary school went from sixth grade. Yes. That's right. And then seven, eight, nine. Junior high would have been junior high, right? And ninth, right? Okay, right. right. But yes, the whole hazing thing. Like I remember. A friend, yes, of, a friend of mine, uh, Fred Ferguson, <laughs> uh-huh. was one of the, you know buddies of mine. We just watch his film all the, all the time. He li- he lives in South Carolina now, but we we're talking with his mom, and this is back in like '93 the, when the film had just come out. Uh-huh. And we we're talking. She and she said because she probably was class of '76. Miss Pam, you know, would have been that age, and she said it really did go down. I mean, maybe not as they depicted in the film where like they use the parking lot and they got refreshments and shit going and announcing they're going to be out there waiting for them right at the end right of the but day. they really did
Okay, all you freshmen from Fox, listen up. It's your lucky day. Usually you'd be spending your freshman summer to get your asses busted and running for your worthless little lives. But this year, because we feel so sorry for you, we're going to take it easy on you and save us all a lot of time. So if you meet here, right here, after school today, you only get one lick from each of us. But you run like cowards. Well, it's open season all summer long, boys. Oh, yeah, Mitch Kramer? Mitchie, 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 Mitchie. <laughs> We're looking for you, pal. Your ass will be perfect for the day is over. Have a nice afternoon. Because, you, let's face it, high school football, is a, it still is a fucking thing in Texas, I know Texas, it is man. in Texas, I know, and of so, course. I've seen Varsity but, Blues. Yeah, but this, <laughs> that, that stuff did go down like that. It was a... Away it, it was it was a it was a rite of passage. Yeah, and you know mm-hmm. the parents, as long as you didn't get carried away, you know the parents are like, eh, shit. It happened to me when I was your age. It's gonna happen to you, you know. So yes, it did go down. I don't know when it stopped. It damn sure wasn't that way. Shit would when, never when, fly when today. I, when, when I was a freshman in '88, the damn sure didn't beat me with a paddle. I can see this all over the news now. Oh Christ, it would never fly. Fuck no. So then we got different times, man. Different times. Mitch's buddies tell him that he should just give up and that running's useless, especially when he's pitching the baseball game that night. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So when the guys get back uh, to the most casual last day of school ever, I mean that's what it was too, man. I mean those last couple days, like I mean I've had some casual days, you know, towards the end of the school year, but nothing like this. You did. You can come and go as they please. That was that was. I remember doing that. But at least my, you know, last day, my senior year. I remember like dipping in and out to, to drive by. I remember hopping in the back of a buddy's truck, went down to Moon Sparrows Point. I just, mean, we, and just came back to school later on. My whole last year was different because I was at work release. I went for two periods and I was done. But yeah, see, I mean, I, I graduated ninety two. So every day was just like get the hell out of there. Yeah, after it was I'm, like you, you know, know, last you know. Uh, like the last week of May in '92 would have been my last day of high school. And yeah, it was. I went to school for two classes and left and went to Blockbuster to work. That was my senior year. Yeah, I, I, I didn't start working until the summer or <clears throat> after that summer. I got my first job. So the, the I guess they get back, blah blah. Their assistant coach busts all the balls and reminds them about the pledge sheet that he wants them to sign. Then their actual coach speaks up and tells Floyd that he's in need of a serious attitude adjustment for the fall and that he wants them all to make sure that their signed sheets are on his desk by the end of the day. Can I talk about the casting on this guy? I mean, he <laughs> looks like a fucking I'm high sure school him and coach. the assistant were actual coaches. I mean, I from like he, Link Ladders he fucking wrote, that, that, that head coach reminds me of a of of a gym teacher that I had. In I can't. It was either. I'm pretty sure it was in Stricker Middle. I don't think it was Patapsco High, mm-hmm. but I he specifically reminds me of a coach by the name of Mr. Watkins. Don't know why. Just like his. He kind of reminds me talk. of Mr. Martin from Perry Hall. So you're like the guy just fits gym yeah. coach. The dude look like tough. he pulls off that that polo and softball short shorts. shorts. Look. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With the knee high socks, like yep. the guy was built for that shit. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. Uh, so we see Randall crumble his paper up and toss it onto the grass in protest when Ben Affleck's O'Banion. O'Banion, what are you doing, picking up trash? Shows up and O'Banion. That's what I'm saying. All right, y'all ready to kick some ass? Yeah, you hear O'Banion flunked? <laughs> yeah, what a dumb shit. <laughs> Dan so O'Banion. I have here, yeah, my notes mentioned that the funny bit with Melvin picking up the paper and O'Banion asking if he's what are you, what are you picking, picking up trash. Up trash? 
Uh, so we got Randall and Don returning to class. I love how Don just swivels his way through the door. Like, he doesn't touch the door. Nope. Did you catch that? Yeah. He opens it, and Don just kind of, like, wiggles. He, like, angles his way in, and he's wiggling his fingers and stuff, checking out the girls. Uh man. Yeah, Randall gets... Poor Sasha Jensen didn't get a whole lot of work after this, man. I don't know why. Let's talk about why. I, mean, I don't know why. Thing, but I don't know that I've seen I would it. love he, to I know think why. he did a movie with like Ted Danson and Jack Lemmon. Wasn't he in a dad movie or something? I think that was the only other thing he really had. Like, I just went and looked up his CV not uh, too long ago. I know from Halloween I 4. I speak on. Halloween 4. Oh, yeah. Okay. Halloween, he was uh, Brady in Halloween 4. Yeah. And then he was in, uh, same year, Ghoulies 2. Mm. And then I saw Ghoulies in the theater with Cahoon. I don't remember. I don't. Well, I'm not saw surprised. <laughs> My dad. So, um, and then this, and then the next thing I saw him in was ten years later. He was in that fucking grind, that skateboard movie grind. Oh Dan yeah, he was in that. Yeah, he played like a skate, uh, like a uh, skate shop uh, employee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, like, yeah wearing a beanie. He wore a beanie. He looked like he picked up some weight. Right, right, right. I mean, I've seen him recently because um, he's, you know, uh, uh, he's made an appearance on, like, Sean Clark's channel and stuff, you know. He's still very into the Halloween world, you know. Does he? Cons and stuff. Does he? Yeah. So, he still looks good, and he's still around doing his yeah, thing. Yeah, just like I said, for whatever reason, his character kind of stuck out to me, and he's... And, and let's face it, back then, we didn't know... Any of these actors. We didn't know anybody. Well, I want to talk about that. At, we at, didn't know at, anybody. Yeah, we, yeah, when we get to You're Gonna Go Far, kid, it's basically going to be Let's Meet um, the Cast. Yeah, it's exactly. going to be that, that the same fucking yeah, thing. Yeah, like he put together a dream team. Can you imagine what that salary would cost now? Oh. Can you imagine the budget to get those guys together Ooh. to make a movie? Sweet Jesus, you couldn't afford it. Oh, man. Yeah, definitely. So, um... One of Mitch's friends gets the keys to his brother's car so that they can leave early. Uh, but then the teacher denies them, saying, Men, <laughs> 50 are leaving on a mission. 25, you ain't coming back. back. So then it's the end of the school day for the freshmen running from the paddlers. Um, even some of them sliding down this big-ass slide out the window. Well, that was that was your fire escape back then. That was literally oh, that was, shit, dude. That was literally those big inflatable right. slides. That was a fire escape for those schools back then, for real. Well, they're using it to get away from the towers. right. I mean, <laughs> teachers, what are you gonna do? Kick you out of school with your last day? And that's all this scene is: is like kids running around and being chased and shit to, to schools out. Oh, summer. exactly. Uh, then we get Mitch and his friends. They get to his brother's car, uh, the, the friend's brother's car, um, and that's when O'Bannon, Melvin, and Benny find them. Woohoo! Ducks on the pond. <laughs> How you doing, boys? <laughs> <laughs> and then while they're giving chase, we also get uh, the female freshman air raid sequence. That 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 hazing going on. So is that a thing too with the girls? Uh, I don't know. Miss Pam didn't really get into it with that. I mean, yes, I guess there was. They probably went, you know, both ways with both sexes. Whether it got down to cover them like, with flour and run them through a fucking car wash. This is some insulting shit they put now, these girls during through. During the air raid scene, you get a Zellyweg's cameo. Well, you see her later on too. Right, right. But during, I didn't she's, pick her up in this scene. I picked her up later on. Yeah, she's on. she's she comes from um, she comes from the right side of the screen, dumping flour. Okay. On the girls. Yep. Right, right around the time. That makes Parker sense. Is going air raid freshman. Yep. Zellyweg's comes out and she she says like one or two words in that scene. Okay. But you know it's the music because when I noticed so, her, she had no dialogue. Yeah, no, she's she's got one or two one or two words. Uh, she only has like a line or two of dialogue in the whole film. But um, in that, that's her first scene. You see her for a split second, but she's like spitting image of Joey Lauren Adams. So, yes. back then, how could yeah, you, know, I know. you couldn't really 
distinguish. Yep. So then we get more of the car chase. Uh, Mitch and his friend Carl getting dropped off at Carl's house, and O'Bannon gets out of the truck to chase him. Oh, wait, wait, what 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 does Parker Posey say to wipe that face off your head, bitch? Yeah. (laughs) That's a fucking rotten thing to say. Wipe that face off your head, bitch. Well, I'm going to get back to that because that's going on while this chase is going on. Right. So this is the the doorstep sequence with um, (laughs) Carl's mother coming out with a shotgun, (laughs) pulling it on O'Bannon. All right, grab a pull there, kids. Let's get this over with. Yeah, just walking your two fine kids home. From school, there were some ruffians about. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't know who Ben Affleck was back then, and I hated this fucking prick the whole movie. Between this and Mallrats, he could not have been the most likable guy. Right, right. Like, I just like, I do not like this guy. Now, all of a sudden, I'm like, what? He made another movie? Let's go see it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, it wasn't until, I guess, Global Hunting, things turned around for him. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, How many Oscar winners were in this cast? At least two. Maybe we'll count that coming up. Yeah. Uh, see, more of the air raid. Um, just I, I want to talk about Parky, Parky, Parker Posey here, and how much I love her. This up, 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 air raid yeah, shit she pulls she... in this man. Seniors, we tried. We 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 gave you all a chance, but since you little prick teases can't follow instructions, we're just gonna have to try something else, won't we? Seniors, you love it. Smile. You love us. Well, all this while, um, you know, why can't we be friends playing? Yeah, and the, and the guys are all, everybody's sitting around watching it. They're all in a parking lot. Like, all of, all the guys are just hanging out in the back of the, the cars just Yeah, because it, it, it seems down. this part, this whole, like, sequence... And to me, the females get it way worse than the fucking dudes. Because this is a three-part sequence. We saw the first part with them getting, like, insulted up and shit. Now, they're getting squirted and doused in various condiments, like, in flour. And they're being walked on with leashes. Um... One girl is being forced to propose to Dawson. And he's... he's yeah. Makes her open her mouth. Yeah, and it's like, dude, some degrading <laughs> shit. This is some degrading <laughs> shit. That's awful. Joey Lauren, Adam, Simone telling the girls they're doing a good job before I mean, telling them the fry was bacon. Just they're just rolling a joint in front of everybody, like, yeah. give a shit. It's casually smoking just and just doing a joint it up. in the back of the truck in the high school parking lot watching the girls get humiliated. Then there's, uh, so we start to focus on one of the female freshmen's name, Sabrina. Uh, she's brought over. Uh, by Michelle Burke's character to uh, propose to Tony, uh, turning it into a civil conversation about why she subjects to such cruel activity. And at the end of the hazing, this is where the third part comes of the hazing shit. And they get in the back of trucks and they go through the car wash. Like, while, that like, wouldn't kill somebody. Do we, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I mean, yes, it where it looks, it's cool to look at on camera. Physically, once they get the hot wax. <laughs> yeah, right? You <laughs> kill these kids. And they're like singing a song while they're clapping. Seniors, seniors, yes. seniors are the best. There you go. Um, it's cool. What am I at here? Yeah, and then that before they get loaded up into the back, you got Parker Posey saying, "Quite frankly, I'm sick of looking at you." Um. <laughs> So then we get Randall and Slater going to Kevin's while his parents are seen packing up to go away for the weekend. Um, 
and then Sabrina gets dropped off and and she gets invited to come to the party by Jody. And then we're back at Kevin's room and they're smoking, and making he's got a little sale. Chair, I that fucking chair for. I mean, it looks like it'll be goddamn. Look like it'll be painful to sit on for a little while. Uh, but it's awesome, by the yeah, way. It's, neither way, I still and he's want got one. That, like the, the, the footrest kind of magic. Yeah, thing. yeah. Like that big age chair. They were a thing back then, but I've always wanted one. Oh, yeah. Probably them, like, get them from Spencer's. This, like, he's got literally, like, the coolest room a high school student could have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's got, like, the, the big Ferris Bueller corner window room. You know what I mean? And, yeah. Yeah. So they're having fun doing it up. And then um, parents start banging on his door. Saying that uh, there's someone there to see him. Take a beer outside. Well, first part of this I want to mention, acknowledge, is the screwdriver lock device mm-hmm. that he has. Yeah, it's his deadbolt. He just jams a fucking Phillips head on between a door jam and a door. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, his, his dad comes in and says there's someone there trying to deliver a cake of beer. Um and his dad's like, you guys know anything about a party tonight? Yeah, they're all playing dumb. Party. And he goes out. And his dad's got the baddest fucking leisure suit I've ever seen. Man, like, I would nice. rock that leisure suit, man. Kind of reminds me of John Ritter from uh, Three's Company. That's <laughs> right. Like, he looks like he's on his way to the Regal Beagle. Yes. <laughs> Come and knock at our door. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Pickford goes out to the guy and he's a little bit early because he's got something going on that night, he claims. And uh, he just says, Look, it looks like he made the wrong address altogether. And he's like, Oh, yeah, you're right, wrong. Mr. Mr. Pickford altogether. Sorry, man. Inconvenience These things happen. for you. I'm sorry. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, man. Aren't you a little bit early? Uh. Yeah, about an hour and a half, man. See, I want to get here by early, see if anyone was here. Man, I got this little action happening tonight, man, if you know what I mean. So I guess you got the wrong house. Oh. Yeah, inconvenience for you. I'm sorry. Uh, brought Mr. Pickford all together. Hey, these things happen. Don't worry about it. Ben? Yeah. Were you going to have a party here tonight, son? I don't know what that was all about. Start unpacking. We're not going anywhere. Mm. Frank. And this is why I always say to this day, it's okay, these things happen. Because if you notice that about me, I, I say that often. So one of my catchphrases is like, it's all right, man, these things happen. Yeah. It's because of this scene here when he says that. Don't worry me. about it. These things and happen. Yeah. What I like about, and it works with um, Pickford's character, was it Sean Ashford? Sean Andrews. Andrews. Because mm-hmm. um, he's got those the big dreamy eyes. Um, he Multiple times in the film, like he, he gestures with his eyes. To, yes. You yeah, know, I he, that. He, he does it to fucking Don in the car. He does it to Ben at the, the, the beer delivery guy. Like he, he communicates silently just by moving right. his eyes, making eye contact with you and like flittering elsewhere to, to tell you what he needs you to do. Like, there was just, I don't know, just notice that about the character. No, you're right, because I, I, I'm, I'm having visions right now of, you know, put the beer back, and he's got right, the Right, he's in the car, he's, he's like, like yeah, tamper mailbox is a phony offense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I pay for the beer. Uh, so, yeah, uh, so it's now, it's uh, evening time, the night begins. You get shots of everyone getting ready and leaving for the night for the partying and the events to come, including the baseball game, where we see the guys arriving with their paddles to meet Mitch after the game. 
and how he knows he's a dead man. Um, I like the random inserted shots of people arriving to the Pickford residence and his dad entering each time. Right, right. And that's, um, is it this, was it one of those shots or the Moon Tower shot where we see that guy from Empire Records I asked you about? Remember the 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 the, the, the long-haired kid from Empire Records and I said, did he ever do anything else? You said he shows up at Days Confused at one point. You know, you know, you know what I'm talking Eddie, about? Eddie, the guy who plays Eddie. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. that character, yeah. yeah. It's it's either, or maybe he's in both. I mean, I I, I caught... No, him. you're right. I told you he made, it has an un, uncredited appearance or something like that in this movie. Oh, you know what? No, he's he's one of the dudes riding in the car with them when they're getting stoned later on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it? That's where he shows up. Yeah, that's where I finally recognize him. Okay, bit, I wasn't paying yeah, attention. Yeah, you didn't catch him. He's, only, he's like sitting behind, I think he's sitting behind uh, 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 Pickford. Okay. And, and the car, he's, back, he's in the back seat when they're getting stoned, driving around. Yeah, I definitely got to keep an eye out for that next yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I noticed always, it. I always mean to. I, I noticed it the other day when I watched it because of our conversation during the Empire Records. Okay. Um. So, yeah, like I said, we get the baseball game scene. Um, uh, uh, Mitch gets asked to uh, use the back gate after the game so the, right, other, so the others can leave. Right, they're all going to go after you, so we're just, just go out that he way. Said, they're going to get you anyway. Right. Um. And then they're yelling shit at him while he's trying to pitch. Like, hey, what are you looking at? Keep your head in the game. Concentrate. Tell him to concentrate and shit. So then we get the final strikeout at the end of the game. And Mitch accepts his fate and pretty much walks to the back gate. And, uh, now the, they, where they welcome him with paddles wide open. But but the all the seniors are a bit taken aback with Mitch's pitching uh, prowess because he throws that final strike and they're like, Okay, maybe this kid ain't so bad. We might yeah. use him on the team, you know. They still gonna haze him, yeah. but they see him. They see him strike the dude out at the you know at the last inning, and they're like, "All right, this kid might have a future with us." So then we see poor Mitch getting paddled to death, mm. set to Cooper's miss, no more Mister Nice Guy. Yep. And then uh, Randall gives Mitch a ride home after it's all said and done. And he ends up inviting them to the party with the guys that night. And he tells them to uh, put some ice on it. After that, nothing, 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 couple, couple beers, couple beers can't, can't handle. handle. Yeah. And then... As he tells me, you, you know, the rest of the guys will go easy on you a couple days. You know, you got your licks in. And I can like, jump you at the party. Um, then we get low rider, everyone driving around town. That ends at the Aporium. Mm-hmm. As we're introduced to McConaughey's Waterson. Yes, yeah, sir. You see who's on his T-shirt? It's the Nudge, man. Oh, God. Yeah, you notice that? He's I've got the pink pants and that tight Ted Nugent T-shirt on, man. He's got the Nudge on his T-shirt. What I've always loved is, this is probably my favorite character introduction it ever. Story of Walking in like a boss in to fucking like Dylan's fucking Hurricane. Boss, yes. yeah, man. And he just kind of look, glances, makes eye contact, does a little finger gun thing. I love yeah, this I entrance. Yeah, I love that fucking scene. So, I mean... Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's just it's, it's an so iconic good. entrance, and he just look, he looks so skeezy with that haircut and the porch that. Yep. Yes, God. <laughs> Fucking great. It's our man. It's my main man, mayonnaise. Man of the month. Yep. So then, uh, quick shot here of Tony, Mike, and Cynthia getting the Pickford's house. Uh, we got Mike kind of hesitating, and then when he finally knocks at the door, Pickford's dad opens it for him, and he's like, "No." <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then we get the check you later scene. With uh, <coughs> Slater and this little this little monologue conversation, you know, check you later or something. Check you later. Check, check you later. later. Hey, what's going on? Hey, what are you guys up to? Oh, 
a beer bus later on. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you about? later. Check you later. <laughs> hey, man, get off my case. Oh, man. Chicks don't want to hear that shit. Well, they don't want to hear anything, man. The, the girls, man, in our classes, they're all prudes, man. They're worthless little bitches, man. Oh, my God. It's the girls ahead of us, man. They were wild. Our class is just worthless, Well, man. maybe you've just never gotten past the sniffing bud stage. That's what that sounds like hey, to man, me. Hey, it's, like. it's quality, not quantity, all right, man? And, and, and wait till I get to college, man. I can't wait to get to college. Yeah, when I get to college, all I'm going to do is bang, 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 bang. Gives him shit for saying check you later, and that's when he gives the whole monologue, you know, about... Monologue that doesn't really hold up to today's standards. Um, I'm gonna play the uh, the clip here, but uh, yeah, it's it's still kind of um, dare I use the word iconic again. But for this movie and ties with it, I mean, this is kind of the standout. Slater's kind of open monologue about you know quality versus quantity. Quality versus quantity, and and high school girls aren't putting out the college yep. girls are. So then at the rec center, Mitch's friends gather up and leave together. And the teacher out front warning them, if you boys leave, you can't come back. Oh, you hear that? We leave, we can't come back. And the whole, like, I was getting there. Like, Did you hear that? He was getting there. I, I like uh, the, this kid Carl here acting tough shit. Just, just for this little scene here in front of his friends until O'Bannon, the guys finding them, give chase. They finally quarter in Hirschfelder and start assaulting him. I mean, a band is driving with that primer, like Camaro or something. Yeah, it's like primered. It's not even painted yet. It's yeah, kind of primered. And then he gets like kind of a tad bit sexual, telling him to squeal like a pig. You know, he's right. really getting into this haze, and it really is it's kind of unsettling for, for a band. <laughs> uh, then the girls show up and tell him to take it easy on the kid, and then. I want to talk about this trunk full of trunk beers. Trunk of beer, man. Okay. Like, it's a glorious thing to behold, but physically impossible. I think it would weigh down the back of that car. Let's see. So Let's much. see here. I mean, it was, you can see it in the line. They took, like, like lawn and leaf bags and just lined the damn trunk. So, a for effort. Sealant. But execution, yeah. let's talk about this. Okay. They would be. The most broken, shaking, warm beers ever. Well, there's ice in there, too, but yes, you're right, because they got bottles that in there. That ice ain't lasting forever. No, 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 it's, it's not. It's a hot summer it's Texas a, in, night. In, in, in Austin, Texas. You know, it's right, late right, May right. I in mean, Austin, it's a great Texas. thing to have that trunk of beer. Like, it's a good I, idea for I, an I, hour I, or two. I've actually, like, multiple times I've watched this film, I've calculated, like, it's easily probably... To fill a truck. What to, what car is that? It's a Camaro? What type of car is a Banyan truck? I'm not a car guy. We'll just Neither say Camaro for the sake of the podcast. Yeah, whatever. Just like the, the the depth of a muscle car trunk. Would, that's He's got to fill three quarters of the way with beer. That's easily five or six cases of beer. Yeah. Easy. Easily. Easy. easily. But I don't again, worry about you wasting a beer shit, on it. You got like yeah. fucking six cases in the trunk. You man. just wasted another one. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, the trunk of beer, but what what kills me is like if that thing is driving around, isn't the bumper like scraping the ground from all the weight? You know what I mean? I don't I think, think the have... weight would be a thing. I think it would just be just all that once it melts down the water, then we're talking some weight. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you're right. The beers would get shaken up, the bottles would get shaken, busted. They'd explode. It'd right, be, it would right. Be... Especially the way these kids drive in the seventies. That hot Texas Jamaican, yeah. but again, yeah. it's such a glorious. No. I mean, we've we I'll we had tried to duplicate multiple times in the last thirty years, and never been able to succeed. 
So then we're back at the Emporium with Waterson and Clint. Well, let me tell you what. You want to do the whole Melmatos? Oh, here it goes. Because I, I can Look. do Clint. You can do, you want to do Waterson? You do Waterson. I'll do Clint. All right, let me tell you, Melmatos is packing here, all right? We got 411 positive track outback. 750 double pumper, Edelbrock intakes, board over 30, 11 to 1, pop-up piston, turbojet 390 horsepower. We're talking some fucking muscle. I know you got this thing out of a comic book. I saw the ad. It was right next to the Sea Monkeys. You see that? That's white lightning. See the shoes on that thing? You got to get some tires. They're pizza cutters, man. Yes. So then a beer bus is being planned. We get some more hanging out at the Emporium. And Mitch runs into Sabrina. And she tells him about the assault on his friend by O'Bannon. Um, I want to have a conversation about Mitch Kramer here. uh, Have you ever played the drinking game? No, I don't want to play that game. His never-ending nose-grabbing? Yes. Just in that scene, you're going to be shit-faced. I mean... I forgot. I made a mental note, but I didn't act on it to count how many fucking times he touches it. It's got to be more than 14. It's between 14 to 16, easily. No. It's got to be more than 14. In that scene? No way. It's got to be more than 14. No way. Yeah. Because he grabs it, like, after every fucking sentence. That's that's, that's the way Wiley Wiggins, like, emotes the characters. He just, uh, and then pinches his nose and brushes his hair. It's well, like a, it's like a like, bad, like, Tourette's habit or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's mm-hmm. a, or, or something. Yeah, but we made it, I made a drinking game out of it. Because he does it more, he, he does it throughout the film, but in that scene alone. This scene is where it's the most noticeable. Yeah, if you do shots, man, you're going to be annihilated in the two minutes this scene plays out. Yeah, this is what I wanted to talk about in here. <laughs> you didn't even miss a beat. I said the dirt drinking game. You're like, I don't even want to play that drinking nope, game. Nope, nope, You knew exactly what I was talking about. No, uh, it's a game that <laughs> I, I know results are going to be ending bad. <laughs> they don't, they not maybe, no, no. <laughs> You're going right. puking in your own boots. It's guaranteed. Uh, so Mitch's friends are walking from the assault with the beer that he was tossing, discussing exaggerated rumors about O'Bannon before Carl randomly tosses the beer bottle into the air like a dick. Right. And the three take off. I just have here my notes, dick move. Yeah, he's a dick. Just <laughs> I do not like Carl. Toss it over his shoulder like nothing at all. Yeah. So back at the Emporium. In this film, I saw that kid in like a Dell commercial or something. Like he didn't he didn't do much. He, he played the one-armed drummer in a Def Leppard biopic on VH1 and then... Like he made a, a TV commercial or two for like Fresca or some shit, and then never heard from him again. He looks like a young Donnie Jeffcoat from <laughs> from Hobbing Crazy Kids. Um, and and goalies, well, and goalies too. Speaking of, uh, so then back at the Emporium, uh, we get the Slater give me drugs, man. Okay, let me out. Hey, Slater, you fucking hippie. Give me drugs, man. Get some from your mother, man. Yeah, we just banged your mother. Okay, fuck you, dickhead. Just get some, some from, from your, your mother, man. Uh, Wooderson talking to the guys about high school girls. That's um, what I love about these high school girls, man. I get older, they stay the same age. Jesus. So you're a freshman, right? Has this year's crap of freshman oh, shit. God. <laughs> It's, Meanwhile, it's it, so it was, bad. It was, cool it, it, it was like it was probably my fourth or fifth viewing that I noticed Pink in the background. He's got a bowl hidden in his belt buckle. Like you see him take the belt yeah. buckle out, yeah. take a puff, and yeah. put it back. You know. And then I went and looked it up. Those are a fucking out. thing. Those yeah. were a thing. Yes, you can get them now. Like I'm sure you one. can. I'm definitely. Yeah, but yeah, I didn't catch it to like my fourth or fifth viewing that he like. I think it was Cahoon. He's like because the whole thing's a piece, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little it's like crazy. a fucking one hitter stashed yes. in his belt buckle. It's awesome though. Um, you Pickford then suggests a ride. So Mitch Dawson and Randall go tagging along. Um, and then we get the scene, the high ride, the mailbox busting, bowling ball action scene that I love so fucking much. Um, they're just driving around, just causing destruction. Yeah, chaos. I used to do that stupid shit, man. Get like six dozen eggs and just drive around town, tossing them out the windows and shit. We did they find shit a bowling like ball in the back and they they, had, they get Mitch to throw it out and he throws like it. Like, he pushes him to throw it? <laughs> that bowling ball said, hoof to that, that damn, damn windshield. And there's a beer bus that takes place at the convenience store when all of a sudden when they when um Dawson and Mitch come running out, an old man comes driving up, pulls out, runs out beside them, gets when they get into the car, he comes to the side with a fucking gun. Is um He's like, Don, get, give the beer back, man. I took the beer. And that's, this this those goes back to the whole eyes thing with um, right yeah yeah with with, with, uh, with Pickford, Pickford right definitely he signals Don to to, sh- to put the car in gear and, and Don says I pay for the beer right and then um, yeah because Don was you know they, they were originally we skipped over the part where they were trying to pony up for money Don claimed he was broke so he just said he was going to boost it yeah meanwhile that's right. he he just didn't want to chip in for the beer meanwhile he just buys it anyway yeah so then he shows that he's got fucking money anyhow he didn't want to give up. But yeah, and that's where that's where the guy's got the the gun in the window. He's like tampering mailboxes, a felony, felony offense. offense. <laughs> I love that line. Yeah, yeah. And then Pickford <laughs> just signals off. to Don to just put the car in gear because he's got his hands in the air. And right. Boom! They take off. They and just that, take that, off. That, that sweet ass GTO, hands down, probably the best car in the film. <laughs> but apparently, it was called the Judge. Apparently, that thing was just there was a mass production. Like even what 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 when Waterson's talking about. Melba Toast, mm-hmm. right? All that stuff that he runs off, according to some car guys, that was exactly like factory run of it. Like it wasn't that he customized all that shit. That's how that's how GM sold you the car with the four eleven positive track outback seven. Like it's, it's how it came. Okay, I got you. You know, it wasn't like a, like, he, that makes like sense. he put it together. He's bragging over it, but anybody could get that shit. <laughs> Just like the judge, like that's and that color scheme. Is probably the most color famous color scheme that that orange and and what I guess purple pinstripe or whatever that that I was because that that just that GTO judge is just a sexy sexy fucking car man <laughs> I'm not a muscle car guy as she yeah. is but that I, I would be proud to drive that son of a bitch I used to work for a guy at Pizza Hut who had one identical to that huh. yeah yeah back in the early nineties so meanwhile the Emporium. Uh, Melvin has Mitch go over to the uh, store to get him a sixer, and and then when he goes, this uh, convenience store clerk, he's first helping a pregnant woman. <laughs> she's buying a pack of smokes, and he's like, yes. "Remember to eat a green thing every, every day." Every she's day. buying she's buying booze and cigarettes, and he's telling her to eat vegetables to, to for good, you know, for a healthy baby. Now, did you know that this is not the only time we have seen this clerk in this role? Um, Fast forward to Link Later's Boyhood. Never he, watched it. Oh, you've never, never seen you, Boyhood. You, you've raved on it. That's the one I you filmed over like 14 boyhood. years, right? Where you just feel like him and Ethan Hawke and yeah. the kid, they all got together. I love Like one boyhood. weekend a year for yes. like a decade. Yes. It's, I've got to give it a run. You I mean, definitely it just seems need like, to. I don't know. It's, it's, it, it, I don't know. I feel like I would feel like I was intrigued for Malik's tree of life and it just put me to fucking sleep and I turned it off. I feel like I'm gonna get the same thing out of that, no? No, it's good it's it's just it tells a 
you know, okay. cohesive story. So, so this and guy shows Patricia up and Arquette boy, fucking he, brings it. He shows and this up guy in, shows up in, as a comedian, as a comedian store in Boyhood. Boyhood. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Who helps, never a young, seen it. who helps a young fans? Boy let me know. Should I watch Boyhood? Is it worth it? I'm a Link Later fan, but I don't devour everything he's done. But like you're, you're all about the the, the 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 before and after midnight movies, and I could care less about that. I'm big fan, big yeah. big fan. Yeah. Yes, I am. So uh, we'll get them one of these days. Right. Uh, um, and then outside, Mitch runs into his friends, and they plot to get back into Bannon, back at the Emporium. Yeah, he's just like all nonchalant. What, Mitch? What's in the bag? Oh, sixer. Sixer. You owe me one, man. <laughs> You're 18, right? Oh yeah, just graduated. <laughs> and he repeats Wooderson's line about yes. going to work for the city, keep money in his pocket. <laughs> Here's some more money for your pocket. Oh, yes. Wooderson announces a party at the Moon Tower. Yeah, he's put it together, man. He's been working it all. He Finally. hustled pool. He he hustled a couple of games of pool with uh, with um, what's the the the, the, the black guy's name? Melvin. 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 Yeah, he hustled a couple of games of pool with Melvin to score the money for a first keg. You know what a keg would have probably cost back then? I have no clue. It's probably like twenty five, thirty bucks to get a keg of fucking beer in nineteen seventy six. Huh. You know, seven dollars for the tap. Uh, then we get O'Bannon's exit. Well, his his uh, revenge slash exit scene. Yeah, it's the last you're gonna see a good old Benny. So he, they play it off so that Carl is you know out back by people, a couple of guys they set up. To they drop the word in the emporium like hey, here, Carl's right. Carl's they casually make back. it known so they, O'Bannon hears that he's out back being, and he wants to go out there. And he wants first lick. If you hear if you hear in the background, Slater's talking about a batch of Sandoz purple acid coming in. Did you ever catch that line? No, I just it's, I've always noticed what um, O'Bannon's saying to the guy when he's playing pool against. He's like, "Dedicate no, um, you should be lucky that I let you play at, at my, my table. table." Yeah, he's just being a cocky asshole. Yeah, you know. Um, but but no, yeah, I, and I, when they when they all go to rush out, you hear Slater in the background talking about a batch of acid that's coming in next week of Sandoz Purple. Let me, tell you, <laughs> let, let me tell you, I've had some of that LSD, and oh my god, is it the best LSD ever? <laughs> I've had Sandoz Purple once, and actually more than once, but it's been 30-some <laughs> years. We had a batch come through town, and man, was it glorious. So then when Abandon goes to hit uh, Carl, uh, he's like, I dedicate this last hit to your mother. <laughs> Fucker. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, they drop down white paint. Yep. Remember me, you pig! Wee, wee. Dump, just yeah, dump just, a whole bucket of white paint all oh, over Oh, and him. he loses his shit. Gets in his car with it he all over him. He loses his shit. He snaps his paddle. He slips on the fucking Doesn't grass. even back off. He just goes forward and accelerates yeah, the car over the grass. He just loses his shit, man. I mean, that's it. Exit right, Ben Affleck. Right. And, but, and, and that's that's a testament to, like, like this Affleck was young and hungry back then. And that's a, this is a testament. It was like, this. It was School Ties first. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Brendan Fraser flick. And yeah. Him and Damon were both Him and that, Damon right? were in that. Yeah, that was 92. Yeah, and this yeah. is 93 a year later. Yeah. And then I don't think I remember seeing him in it. Oh, School Days was 94, I believe. Or what was that one that he did? Summer? He did a, School Days? That's a Spike Lee. Not Spike. I get that confused. He, <laughs> did a, he did a college. Glory Days. Oh, Glory yeah, days. yeah, yeah. Well, Alyssa yeah. Milano. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. '94. But wasn't he like a small part of it, but they kind of market it with him after the fact. No, he's actually the star. It, it, in that is movie. He? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, and then we get uh, Dawson telling Mitch about Julie, uh, this uh, sophomore that he likes, uh, and how she likes him, but he's got to play cool. And then at Top Notch, which is kind of like the the town's like uh, Sonic. Sonic, thank it's you. Basically, your Sonic. Yep. Uh, Wooderson runs into Cynthia. 
tells her all about the party and how he had to, afterwards about how he loves them redheads. You say you need a ride. You just, I say you ditch them two losers you got. Get in a car with us, but that's all right. That's we'll worry right. about we'll that later. later. Yes. I love those redheads, man. <laughs> fucking I always, A small part of me feels bad for fucking Mike and not Mike. It feels bad for um, yeah, Mike and Tony in that scene. Yeah, <laughs> the two losers. Ditch two losers in the car with we'll hop on in with us, but that's all right. We'll worry about like, that later. Mike's not going through enough immense emotional like <laughs> right. self. You know, poor guys are. He's like self esteem. He's, he's like, a, he's, he's like a perpetual anxiety attack. Yeah, I know. Life. And he's just like these two losers. <laughs> ditch them. Get with me. Ditch them zeros, get with the hero. Right. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> um, it's such a good eye fucking deal. <laughs> McConaughey. So, everyone heads yeah, to the moon tower. Yeah, was a guy in 10 days. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll make some light of that. Yeah. Everyone heads to the uh, moon tower. Mm. Set the kisses I want to rock and roll all night. To match the painted statues that Michelle has been seen working on. That's how I see that. Hey, Benny, hope you got your wood screws on you. I'm going to blow your doors clean <laughs> off. Yeah, let me get a shot to everyone partying, having a yeah, good time. Yeah, the dudes are ripping bong hits in the yep. convertible in the field. I mean, mm-hmm. I used to go to parties like that, man. We had do- That was a legitimate thing. We did that type of shit. And then we get Mike casually acknowledging someone smoking a little reefer, then Clint stopping him, oh, confronting him about it. Then um, he goes to fight him when Randall breaks Isaac- it up. What are you, Isaac fucking Newton? Yeah. So, so, oh, he came here to do two things. So why'd you say that, Chief? So I wanted to smoke. Some blaze my friend. Some fucking pothead. Something's just making an observation. What are you, Isaac fucking Newton? Yeah, that's right. Only oh, came here to do two things, Newton. Kick some ass and drink some beer. It's like we're almost out, out of beer. beer. Good old Nicky Cat. God. <laughs> do you know who showed up in The Dark Knight Rises? Uh, the yes. Dark Knight, the Dark Knight. Yeah. The Dark yeah. Knight. He's yes. Like, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that the other day. We did. I told you, we did the whole Nola drill. Yeah. Last month, I noticed that. Yes, sir. And he was in uh, he he did what was um, the stockbroker flick with Giovanni Re- Boiler Room. Boiler Room. Yeah, with Affleck's in that too. And he's also in a movie that I'm really a big fan of, the um, Behind the Candelabra. This Steven Soderbergh. Oh yeah, the, the, the Liberace. Liberace movie. Yeah, I with, with Damon and and, and, and Douglas. Yeah, movie. that was good. It was HBO exclusive. Yeah, yeah it was a good film. Because Cat was his drug dealer. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Very good movie. Yeah, very good. Uh, about Liberace and Scott Thorson, right? Scott Thorson. Yeah. Yep. Good yes, sir. Um, so then we get Randall, Mitch, Slater, and Pickford all climbing up the actual moon tower. Uh, we get some, you know, some, a little bit of Slater messing with Mitch here. Talking about um, some freshman fell down off of here and hit his head on every rung going down. You still see the blood. Still see right the blood. They called the moon tower anyway. Uh, I guess they just decided to put it up out here whenever they were building the power plant. Actually, it's a good idea. I mean, you got a full moon out here every day of the year, you know? Yeah, but nothing's ever been repaired, so this whole place can fall down at any time. So you better watch your step, Junior. Whoa! This place used to be off limits, man, because some drunk freshman fell off. He went right down the middle, smacking his head on every beam, man. I hear it doesn't hurt after the first couple, though. Autopsy said he had one beer, man. How many do you have? Four. You're dead, man. You're so dead. <laughs> Look at the blood stains right there. Shut up. How many drinks have you had? He only had one beer. How, How many have you had? had? Four. Oh, oh dude, man, you're, you're dead. dead. You're totally so dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking cop. 
Cochran, man. I love Cochran. I love Rory Cochran because of this film. Mike planning to confront Clint in anger. So here's his his, his master game plan. His master plan here. His logic <laughs> is that most fights get broken up right after the first punch. So he wants to confront Clint and get the first punch in and then banking on someone breaking it up. So he's, he, he's psyching himself up for this shit, talking out loud back and forth with himself. Having himself a moment. No, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's one of my favorite, you know, how much I love montages. The party montage is set to Dr. John's right Yes, way. And it yes, just, it, it pumps. And, and, and by this point, Slater is fucking baked. You see him one point, like, walks by. Some right. dudes call him, and he's kind of, like, spins to the left and points. Like, oh, I don't see. Somebody wants it. Yeah, it's, but, yeah, set to Dr. John's right place. Must have been the right place, but it could have been the wrong time. Uh, so, again, montage, my favorite. <laughs> I love me some montages. I love here me some montages, effect. man. So then we got Sabrina, Sabrina and Tony talking. Um, we got some Peter Frampton in the background. Yeah. Uh, and then we see Renee Zellweger. Well, this, is, this is the note that I made. She's seen holding the beer bong for Parker Posey. Right, but she doesn't hold it all the way up. You, she doesn't, I know. They, they don't they straighten tilted. the tube. Nope, I know. You're not supposed to do that. You know what you do? You open your... It's a straight shot. You open... You open, Princess, when you go to do your first beer bong, what you're going to do is you got to, like this, and just straight down, like right in your belly. You take all 12 ounces in about three seconds. Yeah, You'll that, puke up a lot of foam. Not that sipping shit. But follow your Uncle Sean's advice and just straight down, straight to your belly. She's going to do a beer bong eventually. You're not listen to him. You're going to throw up. You will. We all had to do it. So they got more various party scenes before we cut to Randall and Benny in his truck. Benny's talking to him about being selfish for not signing the paper. He says championship's something they've been working on for together and that it's not just about pink. If he doesn't sign them, then he'll be fucking them all over. And then he leaves his truck pissed, telling Randall that he uh, wants him to have a good night. Kindly. Uh, then we get Michelle singing the Alien song. That sets off Slater giving a monologue. Again with the eyes. Pickford here. His eyes get kind of... No, no, that's Slater. That's Slater. That's... Never mind. Okay. Forget that. No I was going to say, I don't remember him uh, gesturing anywhere and that's where they're all laying there no, talking it's about. it's Slater. It's Slater's eyes know, in this book. George Washington growing hemp. Yeah, he, this gives off the monologue about that. That it becomes a conversation about George Washington getting baked and because Every of his wife, Every time he Martha. get home, Arthur have a big, fat bowl waiting for him. George Totweed. Absolutely man. George Totweed. Are you kidding me, man? He grew fields of that stuff, yeah. man. That's what I'm talking about. Fields. He grew that shit up in Mount Vernon, man. Mount Vernon, man. He grew it all over the country, man. He had people growing it all over the country, you know? The whole country back then was getting hot. Let me tell you, man, because he knew. He was on to something, man. He knew that it would be a good cash crop for the southern states, man. So he grew fields of it, man. But you know what? Behind every good man, there's a woman. And that woman was Martha Washington, man. And every day George would come home, she'd have a big fat bowl waiting for him, man, when he'd come in the door, man. She was a hip, a hip, hip lady, man. She was a hip, hip, hip lady. lady. Uh, then we see Mike alone again, uh, contemplating his next move as Pink and Jody go into the wait, woods wait, together. Did you ever notice a dollar bill? It's green, too. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's right. Uh, Jody and Pink go uh, to in the woods to make out before she reminds him of his girlfriend, Simone. Um, kind of a confusing, misleading scene. 
And I've always thought that, and I'm curious as to what your thoughts are. Um, with what him him sneaking off into the woods? She kind of lures him out there. Well, and yeah. then he's like, "No, you have a girlfriend named well, she's, Simone." She's a fucking high school. Um, pardon my French. She's a prick tease. You know, let's face it, all the, every one of these bros in this movie are, they're they're typical high school catty bitches. You know, they'll straight talk about you behind your back and then hug you to your face. You know what I mean? So that's how they were. And they always trying to one up the other one. Like they want to be the most popular girl in the school, you know? So that's what I'm getting out of it is, is like Jody wants to screw the, the quarterback. You okay. Know? Okay. And there's obviously a little, you know, a little sexual dynamic between them, tension, if you will. Right, but he right. had been, you know, in a thing with Simone. Now we don't know what happened earlier in the school year. Maybe Jody had a boyfriend when Pink and Simone hooked up, and they became a thing, and then Jody split up, and then boom, now she wants Pink. And we don't know. But yeah, the whole. And but he's also kind of a. But again, he's what seventeen year old drunk, horny high school kid right you know he's gonna take whatever's thrown at him at that age so he goes off into the woods with a girl that he shouldn't go off into the woods with i mean he can get anywhere past you know a kiss but still not no, a good thing it. to do to your significant other <laughs> so that's what i take from from jody was just she, that she's she, just like how um uh, uh parker posey's character is is that you know snooty right. you know self-centered bitch they're all like that they're, I got you I got you it you know that, that's depicted when the, in the beginning when they're all riding around in the car like she called you a bitch and you a slut not oh, that bitch <laughs> uh, yeah. you know so that's I mean that's just painting that dynamic yeah I got you all and right. it, I, you know it's, I've been out of high school almost 40 years but I remember the broads being like that so then we got Pink, Melvin and Dawson giving Mitch shit about talking to an older girl and then Darla confronts Sabrina this is wave shit <laughs> Yeah, this is really shit. Yeah, just waves to him. Hey, what's this wave shit? A freshman over here now. Now, love Melvin. (laughs) What's this wave shit? (laughs) And then we got Darla confronting Sabrina while she's talking to Tony, um, setting Mike off. Air raid freshman. She she didn't have to air raid because she's with me. Yeah, and he's got a point. It's all sets up, but then it sets. This is what sets Mike off, though, because after she leaves, he's like, you know, she got to put up with that. That's it. And then he goes over to Clint and pours a beer on his head. Going to go easy on you for a couple days. You're at the party. It's not going to go down that way at a party. And then Darla kind of breaks that unspoken rule. See, he pours beer on Clint's head and then punch, oh. and then punches him. Right. He, he, and comes then, out, he comes out with a start, man. He dumps that beer and throws a heck of a nut. I but then say a haymaker. But then, oh shit. No one comes nobody, over to stop. Nobody breaks oh, it up. They're fuck. like, oh, fight. Of course, the beer's running out. You need more entertainment. So he's leaving Clint to just do nothing but get on top and just punch he's him a, continuously until fucking man. Pink and Wooderson come over and break it up. Um, He's freaking. He's freaking out. Mike's having a breakdown. He's having himself a moment. Poor Mike. Um, And then we get Skinner's Tuesday's Gone. No, wait, wait, had to remember, what was what's the bit that the fuck how Dawson cuts in the beer line? What? He's like, oh, she, remember they're all, they were, oh, shit, here comes the cops. Right, so yeah. Once you get another beer, there's a whole line. He's like, oh, let's watch this, I got it. Oh, shit, look, it's the cops. And everybody scatters, and he just gets right up to the keg. But yeah, yeah when, it, when it starts playing Skinner, yeah. you know, the, the, the beers, you see it like they tap the beer. I have, yeah, I have, I have the kegs running dry and the party's yep. settling down. Yep. You got Jody and Mitch having a brother and sister moment um, about when he's supposed to be home and how their mother's going to be up waiting for him. 
And then we see a funny shot of Benny trying to stand up in the back of his truck. Yeah, he's like wobbles and falls yeah. down. Oh, no. And, 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 and Melvin, like, trying to play drunk the way he, like, yeah. settles him with yeah. his big eyes and stuff. Yeah. Just looks like, he just, for whatever reason, that guy looks goofy in that scene to me. When Benny stands up, stumbles yeah. back, and Melvin tries to steady him, the way that Melvin's playing drunk, he, mm-hmm. the guy does not do a good drunk. <laughs> he just doesn't. I'm sorry. It's all right. Um, and then we see Wooderson getting Cynthia's number and reminding her about Aerosmith, Aerosmith in three weeks. two weeks, babe. Red's then, a good color on you. <laughs> so then we cut to the football field at night yep. at the 50-yard line. Yeah, joint subcommittee meeting at 50-yard 50 50 line. 50-yard line hangout with Wooderson, Dawson, Pink, Slater, Simone, and Siobhan. And then we have Cynthia telling Mike his face doesn't look that bad while Tony's uh, walking Sabrina to her front door, and then he gives her a kiss goodnight. Yeah, nothing like uh, some some greasy pancakes after a night of beer drinking. Yes. And then back on the field, Wooderson reads the paper out loud and asks Pink. Well, he goes, Wooderson goes to get rolling papers out of um, Pink's glove box. And oh where, yeah, and yeah. Where, that's how it comes into play. And that's, yeah, and I that's where he that. finds yes. not to not to abuse or, or, or to participate in any sort of activity like drugs or alcohol. Ask Pink what he's going to do about this. He says he's probably going to end up signing it yeah. before we get Wooderson telling him about the rules and living. L I V I N. But what do you reckon you're going to do? So, I don't know, man. I'll probably end up signing it. I just don't want to give in so easy. Man, it's the same bullshit they tried to pull in my day. You know, if it ain't that piece of paper, some other choice they're going to try and make for you. You got to do what Randall Pink Floyd wants to do, man. And let me tell you this. The older you do get, the more rules are going to try to get you to follow. <laughs> you just got to keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. <laughs> man, if you're going to sign that paper, man, you should throw a little grass right in the middle, man. Roll it up. Yeah. Sign the joint, man. That's going to tell him something. That's yeah. what I'll do. Yeah. <laughs> assholes. Yeah, so what? They're all a bunch of assholes. But you got to think about it. We've had a lot of really good times right here, Pink. Yeah, I mean, come on, Pink. I can't believe this. You act like you're so oppressed. Then you guys are kings of the school. You get away with whatever you want. What are you bitching about? Well, look, I mean, all I'm saying is that if I ever start referring to these as the best years of my life, remind me to kill myself. Well, all I'm saying is I just want to look back and say that I did it the best I could while I was stuck in this place. Had as much fun as I could when I was stuck in this place. Played as hard as I could when I was stuck in this place. Dogged as many chicks as I could when I was stuck in this place. <laughs> this is Dawson's, you know, the best years of your life monologue. Um, and then, and then, not long after this, the cops. Well, this is, this is. Let's go back a bit, though. This is okay. where McConaughey's infamous, infamous "Just Keep Living" comes that's what from. I'm, exactly. It's that's right, why I'm going to make keep, a point. He's got to do what Randall Pink Floyd wants to do. Man. Right. He's got to keep L I. Just keep living. Keep L I. L I V I N. You know that's. You know that's his company name is J K. I know. I know. They make koozies. I, I seek he out is, if any of you guys ever I follow Matthew McConaughey on Instagram. Um, yes. And like I've like they I've been trying to lay hands on a JK Lemon koozie for a long time. Never have. Anybody comes across a JK Lemon koozie, send it my way, please. Uh yeah, so like I said, the cops discovered that. That's why I call them just keep Simmons. <laughs> they all get called <laughs> to the gate. And then uh speaking of early morning, we see Mitch and Julie making out on a blanket as the sun's rising. Right. And then we cut back to the field where the coach is now there. 
and he's scolding Randall and Dawson about who they're running around with, and then he demands Pink sign this commitment to his team. Floyd, Dawson, get your scrawny butts over here. Morning, Coach. So what the hell's going on? Why am I getting wake-up calls from the cops? Oh, there was nothing. They just left just now. False alarm, Coach. Come here, Randy. Come here. You've been out with those losers all night. Hey, Coach Conrad. Remember me? Second period, gym class? That's the kind of people I was telling you about. Trouble like this means nothing to that bunch of clowns. You're the one with something to lose. <laughs> now, Coach, you don't even know them. Randy. How can you even pretend to talk that way, huh? Okay, Randy. I shouldn't do this, but I'm willing to wipe the slate clean and forget about all of this. I want you to finally get your priorities straightened out, quit hanging out with that bunch of hoodlums, and sign your commitment to your team. Have you done that yet? I'm still thinking about it. No one's paying you to think about it. Just do it, son. You know, Coach, I gotta get going. Me and my loser friends, you know, we got to go get Aerosmith tickets. Top priority of the summer. Oh, uh, Coach, uh, I forgot. I might play ball. But I will never sign that. Yeah, and you can see everybody's had a long night. Oh, like everybody's at home. Remember, like Dawson's voice is all fucking scratchy and hoarse. And he tells like him, Slater looks like he smoked eighteen too many goddamn joints. You know, pink shirts all untucked. Pink says he's got to think about it. And he says, "Don't think, just do it." He's just got to. He tells him he's just got to go now. Me and my loser friends are gonna go buy Aerosmith tickets, and he tells him it's top, top priority, priority of the, of the summer. summer. So yeah, he takes it. Hey, two weeks, and you don't you don't buy Aerosmith tickets two weeks before the show. No, They're sold out by that. Uh, I mean, I, maybe seventy six. I guess I've seen Aerosmith. I had to get them, them tickets like six months in advance. So we got Mitch getting back home, and to no one's surprise, his mother's up waiting for him. Grabs him by the ear. She gives him a one get out of free jail card after his sister. Card. Yeah, after his sister told her about everything. Yeah. I mean, she tells him next time he comes home at sunrise, they've got problems. Mm -hmm. She then asks if he's been drinking and if he's drunk. When he gives her the goofiest looks before, <laughs> fucking no. goofy-ass no. looks, before putting his headphones on to some fog hat to bring the movie home with Wooderson, Pink, Slater, and Simone driving in Wooderson's car. Smoking a joint. Smoking a joint, Houston. heading out to the sunrise. Rocking out the slow ride, man. Going to get some Aerosmith tickets to wrap this movie up and that is 1993's Days to Confuse from Richard Linklater so box office receipts in the operational funds box we will deposit 250,000 American dollars you take it out we put more in I want receipts alright so Days to Confuse was released on September 24th 1993 from Gramercy Pictures it opened up in 14th place. Yeah, making, no, it didn't have any... I'm I know. You, it, it had no distribution. It, was it made $918,000 yeah, opening it weekend. Nowhere. It was nowhere. It was a typical early 90s independent flick. Like, the... I, well, because around, even back then, around us, we who was it? It was, what, United... Who, what was it? What was it, the, the... Who owned the chain at Golden Ring? I don't know. 
United Artists. I was going to say, it was UA Theaters, right? Yeah, sure. Um, yes, it was, actually. Um, was it um, <clears throat> White Marsh, what, AMC? But right. White Marsh wasn't White Marsh was yet. late, yeah. This is, White Marsh um, was so then we, then we, we, we only had what would have been North Point. I don't even think, yeah, East Point wasn't even there. North Point Theaters where Walmart was and Gold Right, Point, I mean, I get it. Movie I, I get that, but hold on, because the movie had legs. It ended up, it, it, it tallied out... <sighs> It brought in eight million dollars worldwide total. Yeah, which is not bad for an independent film, but the it was budget, nowhere to be found around here. It had a six point nine million dollar budget. I guarantee this budget would have been closer to two or three had it not been for this fucking the rights to all these songs. Oh sure. So six point nine million. It made uh, it made eight. Of course, rule of thumb doubled the budget to make you know the, um, sales distribution, and, and distribution and all that. All that stuff. Uh, I would say over the years, VHS, DVD, that's what, that's what it, Blu-ray, it cult, just like Lebowski. This man, movie, it a cult. Criterion, fucking Again. has this movie. I mean, this is a big deal. This movie is a lot bigger than. People yeah, I have that is. Criterion set where it slides out like the, like, yeah. like that old farm. It's the same one on DVD on Blu-ray too. Yeah, it came. Remember, I had the poster up at Diopolis for a while. That came with that. Do you remember that I had the days? I remember. Yeah, yeah. That came. Yeah. It came with that DVD. Yeah. All right. So you're gonna go for it, kid. You ain't gonna believe this. But you used to fit right here. I'd hold you up and say to your mother, "This kid's gonna be the best kid in the world." This kid's gonna be somebody better than anybody ever knew. And you grew up good and wonderful. It was great just watching every day was like a privilege. Which I'm gonna be rapping with, let, 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 let's meet the cast. Hey you guys, everybody focus up, okay? All eyes here. I would like to announce that Ben and I are planning to produce a musical number from Godspell for the talent show tonight. <clears throat> I'm sorry, Ben is producing. I'm directing slash choreographing. I'm only speaking from personal experience, but if you can't carry a tune, don't come into the audition environment and waste our time. For serious, okay? Okay, and bring a lot of movement clothes, AKA jazz shoes, dance belts, lycras, et al. And seriously, FYI, you guys, this is not an excuse to get out of your regular activities. This is an excuse to do some good musical theater. So be prepared, be enthusiastic, and leave your bullshit attitude and baggage at the door, because we don't need it. Everyone in this fucking Everybody. movie is a new is is young blood. Future Oscar winners. So you got Jason London as Randall Pink Floyd, ninety three. Whose brother we corrupted. <laughs> no, this was Jason. We no, we Jeremy. We, yeah, we corrupted Jeremy. So no, we didn't corrupt that one. The other one was the corrupted one. We've established this. Oh, really? Yeah. So it was Jeremy's one we got shit faced with, but Jason was the one we went off on the bender the following yes. weekend? Yes, yes. I swear I thought it was, I thought we were the one that sent him. Because we hung out with Jeremy, his brother, at that yeah, convention. Yeah, I remember, we, we brought him all, he's like, man, I could use one. I'm like, I'll be right back. Come back like there's, four years There's a guy. picture of all the yeah, tears. Yes, we're and, all toasted up, hmm. man. Uh, and then we got Willie Wiggins. Wiley. Wiley? No, no, no it's Wiley. Yes, it's Wiley. Wiley Wiggins mm-hmm. is Mitch Kramer, who... Wiley didn't really go into doing it. He had an appearance uh, well, he, in he, a Scanner Darkly. Was he no. did? He did. The, he Waking well, Life. Which no, one not, was not it? Scanner Darkly. Um, Waking Life. Waking Life. But he also has a small role in the beginning of Love and a Forty Five. Have you ever seen this movie? Renee Zellweger. Zellweger's Gil Bellows, Rory Cochran. Okay. Our buddy Jeffrey Combs. Okay. Have you ever seen this flick? No, but Jeffrey Coombs actually talked about it. On, dinosaur on the, Bob. He plays the, Dinosaur Bob. The the thing of Two Heads podcast when yeah, he was no, on there. He you, talked about you, that. You need to seek this out. This was it came out shortly after this, and it was an independent production. Out of I know. Austin. I'm aware of the movie. I just right, right. It. It, it has a Tarantino feel because everybody's right. kind of copying Tarantino in the early '90s. 
But it's a cool flick about this, you know, small-time hood who goes on a run with his girlfriend named Starlene. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that was easily one of Zellyweg's earliest roles after, let's face it, they were all doing work in Texas. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. The whole cast. The whole Texas cast. Chainsaw Absolutely. Generations. You know, then they did then they did this Love in a 45. So, yeah, Love in a 45 is a really good flick. Okay. It's um, worth your time. And Sasha Jensen as uh, Don Dawson, but... He wasn't young. I mean, he wasn't, um, like, new by any means. He had a career in the late 80s um, in the hard game. Mm. Um, I mean, I would say he's, well, Halloween 4 was a big, was a mainstream film. So, mm. no, I'd say of the bunch, Sasha Jensen is, is the one with Would have the been most, the most established? Yes, okay. at this point. Uh, Michelle Burke, this was right in the middle of her blockbuster. I wouldn't call it blockbuster, but she had a big breakout. I'd say breakout. Um, first year of this, Coneheads, she was in, Major she League was, Two. She was in town for Major League Two. Major that's League they, Two, they filmed, filmed here in Baltimore. Yep. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this was right in the middle of that. Yeah. Um, and then Rory Cochran. Not my boy. This was his first movie, to my knowledge, unless he had smaller, um, something smaller. I didn't... Yeah, there was because it was either right before, or right after this, he did. Um, there was a mini series. Coppola may have produced it, but it was based on another mafia book that Mario Puzo wrote called "The Last Don." Uh-huh. And um, I know what that is. You remember? It was like a like a two or four part mini series or something. But that was in the late nineties. There was, I'm saying it had a sequel too. Huh? It had a sequel too. Did it really? Well, Cochran, he's like a supporting character in that. But this would have came first, though. Right, right. I'm saying it was it was shortly after this that he did that. Okay. And then you know what is he? He showed up as as um. Well, he was Johnny um, Depp's buddy in the Whitey Bulger movie. Public Enemies. No, dumb, dumb, dumb. Black Mass. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. He's, I'm he's, pretty sure he's in Public Enemies too. Is he in Public yeah, Enemies? Yes, he is, he is actually. No, he is in Public Enemies because he okay. gets killed by um, what's his face? Well, did you ever see the one that he led that that right at your door? The one about the, like the dirty bomb in Los Angeles. The one that he did with um, what's her face? Um, Catherine Mc, McCormick. I think so. Yeah, like his wife leaves for work and a dirty bomb goes off downtown and he's got to seal himself in the house. Yeah, right, right out your door, right, right at side your door. door, right at your door. Right like at your door. I haven't seen it's, it, but I know that, what it that's is. That's like his biggest. Right, that's his. That's like his only vehicle that I can think of. He's in Argo. Right, but I'm saying where okay. he's he's like top. Building. Oh yeah, he's yeah, top building. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, he shows up in Argo. And he's in um, Oculus. You ever seen Oculus? No. But the uh, the haunted mirror hmm. with uh, Captain Gillian from. Uh, the Doctor Who and, and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, no, I, I think I know of it, but That's I've never seen it. That's a good I mean, he, fucking outside, movie. He had, uh, our, most people probably know him from watching CSI. He was on CSI. Right, CSI, yeah. Um, but, um, I, I was pissed when he died, man. I was like, I'm not watching this show no more. But, I tuned um, in for the, you know, Horatio King one line at the beginning and then turned it off. But what's, uh, um, um, Mike Flanagan, Doctor Sleep. He did. He did Oculus. So shout out. Oh, fl- oh, that, that so guy check out Oculus. Oculus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Flanagan and, right. and Rory Cochran's in that movie. Okay. So yeah, check out. Uh, for you guys at home listening, Oculus 2014. Check it out. All right. Good film. Um, Ben Affleck. Yeah, man. Who the fucking thunk it? Fred O'Bannon. We hated O'Bannon. Thirty years ago. Now we're like, man, Batman's winning Oscars. Fred O'Bannon. Um, yeah. Like I said, right before this, he did School Ties with with Damon. And then this, and then uh, 
That's right. He, he, was, he was also in Buffy the Vampire Slayer the mm, year prior to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a basketball player. Or yeah, right? yeah. No dialogue, but I remember he's in the movie yeah, for sure. Yeah. He's in like two scenes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Adam Goldberg, who would go I'm, on to have um, a mind. It's it's not even a, a. He has no dialogue, but he has a walk-on role on um in Before Sunrise. Does he? Oh, he's he's on the train at the beginning. I mean, he had a little bit. I remember him doing a little a, a, a TV series. He didn't go anywhere shortly after this. Yeah, he popped it's up like in a, a lot bicycle of stuff. Yeah, Gold, Adam Goldberg did a lot of like things here and there, and he'll. This won't be the second time. This won't be the only time we talk about him this month either, because he's in How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. Oh, sweet Jesus! It's one of McConaughey's best friends. I can't wait to get to that one. Yeah, man. Speaking of, we got Matthew McConaughey here. Oh, right, 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 right. He's the guest of the month, ladies and gentlemen. McConaughey's uh, first movie. I remember him being. Um, I don't think he has any dialogue, but in '92, uh, he was in My Boyfriend's Back, that was originally going to be called Johnny Zombie. You know, I actually, I actually have this. I can forward it to you. I, 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 I stumbled across that um, that unsolved mysteries episode that he did. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, it, it was like because there was it it, it, it was on. Uh-huh. Um, I, I got home from work, whatever, flipped the TV on, and I had just happened to catch it. Have you ever seen the clip? Like it was always spoken about that he mm, did no. this. This, can't say I have. Maybe I have. I'll, I'll, it. I have it. I said because I, I recorded it sitting here and I sent it to Mandy. I'm like, look what just came on TV, <laughs> where he's it's it, it, he shows up in, in one of these crime reenactment shows. That was one of his earliest roles, and he never wanted to. I remember for a while when his when his when his star was shooting, he never wanted to acknowledge that, and like they wouldn't say what show it was or whatever, and right. it, it even really existed. But it came on a couple of months ago. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll forward you, I'll forward you the clip later yeah. on today. Yeah. I have it saved on my phone somewhere. It's only about 15, 20 seconds of me sitting here recording the TV. But I'll be damned if it ain't McConaughey like stabbing his mom and dragging her out to the garage or whatever with no dialogue. But yeah, that's where. But he, so my boyfriend's back. He has a quick rolling back. Because I heard he got picked up. It's kind of like a Affleck and Buffy the Vampire Slayer situation where Where it's like just shows up. Like almost like an extra who got a little bit of screen feature. Right, right, right. Because I had always heard the story where he, they were in town like during pre-production and he just happened to be at a bar and somebody working on production was like, hey, do you want to come read for That would make sense. I've heard that's how he kind of got involved with this crew was that he got... I, I don't know how true it is. I, I honestly don't know. I, I'm I'd not, heard I'm not that story. That he I do now said, like I don't. he was discovered at a bar while they were while they were in town doing, like uh, doing location scouting for Days and Confused, and they asked him to come read for a part. Mm-hmm. And they just apparently they did expand his role more and more while he worked on this film. Like what is it? What's supposed to be? I'll big buy that. Part? That makes sense. There was a pretty cool article I think in. Esquire, or it was recently. It was only within the last couple of months. Was it an oral history? It was where they talked to the cast about where they all. They, I think it was an oral history you're talking about. Right, where I they, they, they talked about it. They, they went back and interviewed everybody about how Linklater like sent them down there a month early and he just went into boot camp. Okay. And he gave them all like mixtapes, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And got them all to fucking hang out. And they were, they were like, they were eating mushrooms and going out to fucking shooting ranges and shit. You know, like living the life in this hotel for like three weeks leading up to filming. And somebody talks about the day that McConaughey showed up on set, the way his hair was done with his mustache and his tight pink pants are like 
look at this guy. And <laughs> Wooderson went from a very small supporting role to one of your major players in the film because of what he brought to the character. Hmm. For real. Okay. But yeah, that oral history was 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 Hollywood Reporter. I'll, I'll check it out. It was for the last couple of months. I okay. read it right before the holidays, I think. I'll check it out. Um, then rounding out the last two here first is uh, Mia Jovovich as Michelle Burroughs. Yeah, how do you pronounce that? Is it Mila Jovovich? I call I call it Jovovich. Jovovich? Jov. Jov. Like Jov. Jov. That's how I pronounce it. Mia Jovovich. Multipass. 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 This was not my introduction to her. I my first time ever seeing her was in 1990s Return to the Blue Lagoon. Mm, I knew she did that but I never saw it. Her I remember seeing the original when I was Brian Krauss, I believe was her co-star in that one. What they do just remake Blue Lagoon? Basically. Cuz I remember less, seeing that same when thing. I was a little big deal with she that was, was like little 14. She same topless, same um, thing. She was 14 did a topless scene like Brooke Shields. Mm. They pretty much mimicked this whole entire the first. They basically one. just remade Blue Lagoon, just called it Return yeah, of Blue Lagoon. Yeah, more you ever or seen less. Any, have you, so have you I've seen them both. I've seen them both. both. I've only seen the first one. I haven't seen the first one in probably forty years. I've seen them both. Uh, it's been years, but I've seen them both. And Return being the first one I saw. I do know she was in that, but I didn't know that that came out before this. Uh huh. Yeah. And it, she was only fourteen. Yep. And they let her go because she was only seventeen in this. To, I don't think you're allowed yeah. to do that. I don't know how the laws are. Maybe they shot it overseas. I was somewhere. reading. I was I just know. reading the Harmony Korine interview yesterday when they were talking about kids, and they said like, um, when he was he was talking about when they were making the movie Kids, and they 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 got into flack because apparently if an actress is under eighteen and you see a nipple on screen, you get shut down by the MPAA. So I don't, I don't. I mean, Thirty-one I, years ago, it's all I can say, yeah. and I'm not even. It's it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I literally just read something like that yesterday reading a. Uh, interview with Corinne when he's talking about making Larry Clark's kids. And then, of course, she would go on to be uh, just... Alice and Resident Evil. Lilu Dallas from The Fifth Element. But then, yes, Alice from all six Resident Evil movies. Six? Fucking six of them? Yep. Sweet Jesus. And, um... That's pretty much been her bread and butter. That's her bread and butter. Yeah. Well, she was, um... She was married to Luke Besson for a while, right? Just two years. Okay, but they they got together when they were doing Fifth Element, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, there's a story behind that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I, I, I know they created He was with... All right, so in Fifth Element, you know that, that blue alien from the opera who has mm. the stones inside of her? Yeah. That actress was actually who Luc Besson was with. Oh, really? And he was cheating, running around on her with, with Mila her. Jovovich. Do you know who that actress is? She didn't she show up in High Tension? Yes, she's high. She's from high, the 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 main actress from High Tension. That's what I thought. Yes. Yeah, yeah. She was the the one that the, the one that the who gets stalked. The, not the brunette, not the short yeah, the, blonde yeah, the, hair. Yeah, the one. Yeah, the short yeah. blonde hair. The the one that's short blonde hair's got the crush on. That's who that is. The one with the short blonde hair who's like who's the maniac and all. Right. She actually turns up. She had a career years later. She was in that Hereafter movie with yeah, Matt Damon. Yeah, I, re- I remember that. Okay. I remember that. I, I think I remember, we. I think we talked about this before when I went to see, went to see High Tension in the theater. I was a little pissed off that there was a, a post-it note on the hmm. the ticket machine. Hmm. You know, like, you know, you just put your card in and it spits your tickets it. out. Right. And it had, I, it, I it saw had it in a the poster there like, this is, a, this is a French film with subtitles, refunds will not be given. I remember me and Video me and Venker went to see High Tension. No, we were getting into it. I'm like, dude, can you believe this shit? People actually yeah. don't even know this. They're just coming to no. buy them, ticking their thing, yeah. and get a refund. 
But yeah, I did know that that, that that the blue chick was from High Tension. I did not know that was Luke Besson's girlfriend at the time. Yes. So what, they started production and they were together and then during production? Yeah, he was basically Yoda. running around her the whole time like, <laughs> under her nose behind the scenes of Fifth Element. <laughs> Just, crazy, yeah, just crazy. shitty shit, man. That's yeah, some underhanded stuff. I mean, Absolutely, it's good-looking woman. So yeah. wrapping up this uh, cast, we have Parker Posey mm-hmm. as Darla Marks. Um, what's your favorite Parker Posey role? Um, I'm thinking this. I mean, she did. Um, what was? Didn't she? Didn't she have an indie movie? Not Shop Girl. She had a lot of indie movies. Part par, Party Girl, and they went Party Girl. Party Girl. Party think, Girl. I think that went, was one of her in Party Girl. Her brother was like a wannabe DJ, and she was a librarian who was trying to. Maybe I don't know that. Um, I mean, I don't know. She was like the Debbie Mazar of the '90s. You know what I mean? Yeah. She was like your indie it girl. She really gets over the top in Scream Three, and she's one of the redeeming qualities of that movie. I forgot she was in that. But I haven't seen. You know. She's fun. she's one of the saving graces of that movie. If they're already, I don't dig on that franchise like you do. But um, I dude, I haven't even seen any of the movies since the fourth one came out like ten years ago. But anyway, just um, this and she was in Josie and the Pussycat. That's right. Uh, never bothered. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd say this. I, I I'm right there yeah. with you. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, it's probably her most memorable role. Yeah. I'll give you that. Uh, oh, yeah. She was also in Blade Trinity. Oh, yeah. She was a villain in that. That's yeah, right. yeah. That's I do right. remember her showing up yeah. in that. So, yeah. That's pretty much the cast. They're all new. Yeah. <laughs> For 1993. Everybody. Yeah, well, y'all, y'all are going to go far, kid. Yeah, I know, right? All right. So, this is Crew. Well, my friend, this is Crew. But don't even think about it. You don't look like you could hang, Jermaine. The name's Jamal, and I'll fuck your crew up. Who are they? Who are they, so, this is Richard Linklater. This is pretty much, he wrote, produced, directed I mean, it's it. his high school story. He got you know. sued by a couple of people that he went to high school with. That's right, he did. Yeah, it's, it was a while after the film came out, but then some, some of his old chums from Austin, you know, got a glimpse of it on cable or whatever. Like, wait a minute, that shit happened to us, and we knew Rick back wow. in the day. They filed suit. How'd that ever pan out, do you know? I don't know. I forgot all about it. it even happened. I mean, it's he's the Randall Payne character. He, didn't, he is Randall Floyd. He didn't uh, produce it solo. He had Sean Daniel and James Jacks produce it with him. But oh yeah, he was still up. He had his uh, his 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 uh, right hand cinematographer Lee Daniel shot this, of course. Um, but yeah, other than that, and Sandra Adair, I noticed that name because I think she edited all three of the before films as well. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know what you've seen in that franchise. You've never seen them, so you really can't talk. I saw the first one, and it didn't really it, it, it didn't really light a spark for me. Right, I well, saw that before. You gotta sunrise. watch them all as a unit. Like, and I then agree. he kind of had that quick cameo, Waking Life, for a scene, didn't they? I always forget about that. There's I always it shows about the two that. of them. Like, that the last scene of the movie? I think it's towards the end. Or yeah. I, I just I remember because that's how like I, I always knew forget who that Delby was because of the film. And then when they showed up in Waking Life, um, 
it was like, oh, that's kind of a little because I think he had, that was that was in between Sunrise and between the first and the second one, right? Yes. He hadn't even done the second because they're all nine years apart. Okay, that's the gimmick between all the because okay. next year will be nine years since. The Is last he doing another movie. one? Is it? We don't know. He likes to do that type of shit. Him and Ethan Hawke like we going up. Expect- like, Let's get together on a project that'll take us thirty years. No to one expected midnight, and that happens. So who knows? Maybe yeah. next year for the ninth, will be that's- like, hey, surprise. Before funeral or something. Right, right. I mean, where do you go from here? I don't know where they go from there. I mean, the third uh, one talked about divorce. So Are they we'll streaming? S- I'm not going to pay for them. When I get my criterion back, I'll look, I'll lend it okay. on you. All right, I'll, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a run. Just don't expect it back quickly. It's probably so. going to take me a while. I mean, they're, they're easy watches. I mean, before sunset, the, 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 uh, the middle one is like 80 minutes long. It's Barely a motion it's, picture it's, length. It qualifies feature. It's seventy five minutes without with 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 no credits. Yeah, they, they, I, I think it's a breeze. To yeah, watch. eighty is your requirement to be qualified. In fact, I think that movie takes place in real time. Um, makes sense. Link later because he only has an hour. Shit. That does make sense. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna say go on record. It's been a couple years since I've watched it, but before sunset does take place in real time. Okay. Um, finger looking good. It's finger licking good. All right. My favorite scene here, and I kind of touched about during the uh, breakdown, is the beer run with the mailbox breaking and all that. It's just a fun get. Because I can, like, put myself in, like, that shoes and hanging out at a party and all and, like, just getting away from that one location with some guys and, you know, getting semantics and stuff. Mm. You know, I can relate to getting down to shit like that. Mm. Just having fun for a little while, get, coming back with some beers, you know, getting yelled at by someone in the process of the man approaching <laughs> Getting them. busted for your hijinks. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's <laughs> coming of age bullshit. But yeah, if it definitely, that would be, this is my, definitely my favorite scene in the movie. How about you? Uh, everything with Wooderson. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I'll, I'll give you that. It's, Dave Wooderson is my boy, man. It's about, it's about eight man. or nine total scenes. That's good. Say, man, you got a joint. <laughs> Be a lot cooler if you did. did. You ever seen that? They got that um the, the 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 visor for your car. You know, like you put across a windscreen to keep your interior of your car cool. Right. You know what I mean? And that <laughs> the thing is just water sitting behind the wheel. Oh God! Yeah. Yeah, dude. You know what I'm talking about? Like the, yeah. like the screen, the, su- the, the sun visor, the sun, the sun shield for your windshield. Yes. But it's but it's just an image of McConaughey <laughs> behind the wheel. <laughs> with with Pink in the passenger seat <laughs> and Mitch in the back seat. If I had a car, I'd ask you guys to buy me one of those, but I don't have a car. Um, Mulligan moment. If you had to do it all over again, would you make the same choices? Um, I'll let you go first. I do have one. I don't know. You you go. I really can't put my. I don't know. Outside of Melvin being a fake drunk, it's about the only you know bad takeaway I got from this man. Um, you got. I, I mean, Wiley Wiggins touches his face too much, but shit. What are you gonna do? Right, that, that that that. I'll never change that. That makes <laughs> that makes him unique. Yeah. Um, they, they say the the f word one too many times, in, in my opinion. Really. Mm-hmm. Just uh, enough to make me notice being, it. I don't remember being F-bomb heavy. I mean, it just seemed like the way... Not fuck. The other F-word. Rhymes with rag. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I got you, but... 
let's face it, it's seventy six, so you got to be. Oh, I get it. Right, to, I, to I get not why it's utilize there. it like right. that would be almost anachronistic. Yeah. So yeah, it's it, it's 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 tasteless in present. I day, guess it's give or take, but give and take. I you mean, know. Let's, what is it, almost 50 years? They didn't know any fucking better. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's a part of the time. Yeah, I got you. I don't know. Just, it was different. Again, different times. You got to spank your classmates yeah. with a paddle. My grandfather throw, had a razor strap. I get it. Right. Throw different times. <laughs> for good times. And let's face it, people didn't lock their doors back then. It was a different yeah. It was a different You're thing. Right. It was a different thing. Biggest takeaways. Mr. Madison, what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Um, I think it's probably my favorite independent film even you know beyond tarantino's early stuff like it more than clerks yeah okay yeah yeah i've seen this more than clerks and granted i still watch clerks for last in quotes but this one i can always count on yeah you know like when i'm feeling i think i told you before like um a couple months back i was feeling kind of down so i threw in once upon a time in hollywood because hanging out with rick and cliff yeah just kind of made me forget about my troubles. It was like I spent some time hanging out with a couple of buddies in late 60s Hollywood. I feel the same way about this. I just kind of throw this on no matter what. Like, Mandy used to not, like, she used to not like it. And then it got to the point where we'd be looking for something to watch. She'd be like, fucking put Days Confused on. You did. Well, you you thought we'd watch it too much and stuff, and then it got to the point where you started wanting to watch it even more, and and now the broad does the dialogue with me. Like, my old lady, she's went from being an occasional fan of the film to knowing characters' names and lines of dialogue. So this is a film that has staying power. I mean, let's face it, what's it, almost 35 years old now? We're still no, it's 29. 29, okay, so it's almost 30 years old. We're still talking about it. Yeah, it'll be talking about for 30 29 years. Yeah, like like this that aren't you know standout Academy Award winners with uh, you know caliber level actors and directors that people are still talking about, but people still talk about this one. They still show it to their kids for Pete's sakes. Mads, what'd you think? Did you like it? Was it funny? Yeah, Days of Confused. Yeah. Was it funny? I mean, you don't get a whole lot of it because you haven't gotten into high school yet, but you kind of get where it's coming from, right? Is it something you'll watch again? Yeah, you think you show some of your friends later on when you get older? No. No? You don't think they'll dig it? All right. I'm just saying, this film's got a bit of staying power. My friends aren't into movies. No. Well, give them time. They will be. I wasn't when I was your age either, but look at me now. Uh, For me, it's just, I, I wrote down too. Um, I love this damn thing so much. <laughs> and the last truly great coming-of-age movie, I feel. Yeah. Yeah, I never, I never thought about it like that, but you're right. Yeah, it's you talk about... Because again, we talked about it before too. There's, there's no consequences. The consequences is the party going on tonight. And if this party going on tonight, where are we going to party? That's the consequence. Where are we going to party tonight? Yeah, we got a party. It's a there's no real school. threat. There's nothing, nothing at all. 
Yeah, but it's just and it a does a damn up, good job of, of of displaying the time. Right, it's it's fully like like everything from set design, yeah, costuming, cool the cars, man, like that's that's one of my favorite things. The vehicles in this, I mean, Melba Toast runs a close second to the Judge, but that GTO is just downright <laughs> fucking sexy. If I could handle, if what? See, I'm getting the look because Mandy wants me to buy her Melba toes because she loves them SS Camaros. Ringo tends to agree. But I don't know. I that just something about the way that GTO just pops on right. screen. Yeah. But apparently I did some of it, but there was just like a common run. It was like just you, you got them off a lot like that. So it wasn't as unique as it, it comes out to be. Cause in that what what did the, the sex drive movie? Didn't they drive one of them in that sex drive movie? I remember the movie. I don't know what the hell they drove though. I, I they think drove they a did. car with, with Marsden and uh, what's his name? Clark I know what the Duke, movie right? is. Yeah, uh, dude, I love that. That film's funny. The movie is funny. <laughs> with, that movie is really it's, funny. I'm it's, curious it's, how the whole job. Seth Green seen is it the Amish dude. He's like, oh, tell me about your future yeah, car, Space Man. Boy. Yes, that's right. <laughs> He's the Amish dude. He's like, oh, tell me more about your future car, Space Man. What the hell do they yell? What I don't know. We got. I like that movie, dude. That movie's funny. It's a little underrated. Yeah. Um, Sex drive, but yeah, Marsden's car that they steal, I think, is a GTO Judge. I, it may even have the same color scheme as this one. Special category I have for this episode, right. and for the for, for the remainder of the episodes this month, it's an episode from Economy. I'm calling. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. It's real simple. What does McConaughey bring to this movie in particular? It's just about that. We got five movies lined up this month. Five McConaughey roles. We're going to dissect each role. So for this one, David Waterson. And this is kind of me going spitballing here because I didn't write down notes for my own category. You didn't prepare me at all, so you're catching me on the spot like a pop fucking quiz. So... Good. I like that. I like that girl yeah, yeah, on the fly. I'll be more prepared for next week, but okay. <laughs> I'm down for the challenge. So, we got Waterson here. Um, well, first off, if you take Waterson out of the equation, is this movie still what it is? Absolutely not. Really? I'm not saying it falls apart. I'm not saying I'll never watch it. Again. to be what it is today, yeah. legacy-wise. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, let's and in terms sure. of success, and and and, I, not necessarily, but I mean, come on, we're. I'm just curious. Is there any line of dialogue delivered by Ben Affleck, um, Jason London? Before um, you go Anthony any further, Rapp. I would say Slater is the second most quotable person in this movie. But what I'm saying is, had they not only created a brand, okay. Mm-hmm. But you, okay. I, has I, I, I has become okay. iconic and synonymous to the point where the actor who delivered them has now embraced them went into his public persona. You know, I mean, yep. the guy just he just con- he knows you love him and he knows you discovered him as Wooderson. Yep. Okay. So that's why he gives you the just keep livings and the all rights, all rights, all rights, because he knows. Yeah, what he what he brought here. Yeah, so, you're right. You're right. So what McConaughey brought here was the for this what McConaughey brought was McConaughey to the world. We didn't know what we were missing, and then we had Wooderson, and you know our our lives have never been the same. 
Yeah, yeah, you're right. Just like the uh, his introduction in this movie, and how we talked about Which earlier. Which is a badass intro, right? Yeah, the this, slow mo as a whole to, to Bob Dylan's This introduction hurricane. to him as a whole you know, here in this movie it's is just, yeah. He just makes it work, and he looks like a skeezy dude with that with that greasy hairstyle. And this is his breakthrough role right. right here, absolutely. And I don't know if I could pull off a, a pair of form-fitting pink pants like that but i'm damned if he can't <laughs> or what is that salmon color i don't know it's like it's more like a salmon color mm-hmm. for sure but still so that's what that's mcconaughey brought was the introduction to mcconaughey like we wouldn't be talking about this guy but if yeah, it like, weren't for this movie or yeah. he wouldn't have made such an impact if his first movie was um uh, what's the, the the spielberg flick with anthony hopkins or a time to kill, like his first movie was. Like, uh, you have know, Amistad. Amistad, Amistad. Amistad. Like if he, if he kicked it in, yeah. yeah, we'd still be talking about him. But would he? Would he be this iconic cool? Time to cool kill. Now he would. He, like he came in with the iconic cool, and then he showed us his talent and be- developed his craft. Look, because you got like, the front cover doesn't even have Wooderson on it. This film would still be this film, but it wouldn't be this film. No, you get it. It would still be a movie that people would still go see. Watch and quote. It would still be quotable, popular, but it would not be. But had he, if he weren't to in, where it is, if somebody else would have played Wooderson, right. wouldn't, like I said before, Wooderson wouldn't have had nearly as much screen time because he brought so much magic and charisma that they're like, um, yeah. give this guy more to do. If it had been somebody else, no matter who the actor was, I doubt they would have gotten the same opportunity. And finally, final thoughts. Um, never gonna stop watching it. I no. probably watch it four or five times a year, and have been for thirty years. Been quoted from beginning to end. Yeah. Um, just a just a all around fun, feel good. Just like I said, it's a hangout flick, man. Just throw it on like wallpaper when you got the crew over, and you got some good stuff. You know, I'll, I'll run with that. Yeah, definitely. Everything he just said goes double for me. Yep. And finally, guys, this episode is sponsored by the 70s Powerhouse Rock Hits Collection. Party all night long to the sounds of 70s Powerhouse Rock Hits Collection with such premium hits as Kiss, I Wanna Rock and Roll All Night, Fall Couch Slow Ride, and The Runaways Cherry Bomb. Order now and receive the 70s Powerhouse Rock Hits Collection Volume 2 absolutely free. Just pay an additional $5.95 for shipping and handling. Powerhouse hits from Powerhouse Decade. Also available at Sam Goody on the Wall. All that being said, this film definitely gets the film effects seal of approval. Yeah, five thumbs up, man. That'll bring things home for this edition of the show. One down, many more to follow. Next week, we'll be back to continue McConaughey by talking all about what? I forget what is next. Is it Killer Joe? It is Killer Joe. It is Killer Joe. We are talking and Killer we are doing, Joe. And we are doing Freakin's director's cut of Killer Joe. I'm whatever, whatever version you have, yeah, I'm, do, I'm holding your copy to watch. Because I haven't... I'm excited to revisit this movie. How am I going to watch it? You own it. You own the goddamn movie. Yeah, so how are you holding it to watch? Because you're going to watch it, then I'm going to watch it. Oh, i got to watch it soon, then. When are you coming to get it? I don't know. We'll talk okay. after we Yeah, this. yeah. We're, we're, we're going to do the but, director's cut of Freakin's Killer Joe based off a stage play that I would love to put on. I'm excited to revisit this because I admit I have not seen it since probably, Oh, that fried chicken scene. I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's not an easy watch, but it's a good watch. It's it's a good movie. You like McConaughey, and then suddenly you don't like McConaughey. And I loved watching him chew the scenery, man. Like, he goes bug nuts like Vilmer in Texas Chainsaw Generations, man. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, so next week's going to be Killer Joe, gang. That's going to be a fun one. So if you guys haven't watched that yet, seek it out. You can probably rent it on Prime for a couple bucks, but do yourselves a solid. A little, little... A little underrated gem from Billy Freakin, the guy that gave us the Exorcist for Christ's sakes in French Connection. Just, just seek it out. I'm sure you can rent it for a few bucks on Amazon um, yeah. if, if you want to, you know, just catch up with it in anticipation for the episode. We always recommend you guys watch the films before listening to the show because we are going to spoil it. You know yeah, the routine by alert. now. Um, so yeah, before we get out of here, want to let you guys know that our ever-growing collection of previous episodes can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, and wherever else you enjoy your favorite shows. We are on both Facebook and Instagram. We're at the Film Effect Podcast. And on Twitter. Film Effect Pod. And how about them emails? Uh, the Film Effect Podcast at gmail.com. That's right. And reviews and ratings also help with the algorithm. And you too can help by leaving us your honest reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen that accept such wonderful things. They say a five star rating a day helps the good things go our way. So help us out and we'll keep the party going on and on. Damn, Skippy. Don't forget to buy some merch. Yes. Also, get yourself a mask, a magnet, a mug. Apparently, we got pillows, onesies. We got all kinds of hoodies, stuff. t-shirts, guys and gals, baseball shirts, man. The baseball shirts look cool too. Tpublic.com/slash/the-film-effect-podcast. And um, yeah, I can't wait for our, shirt, our shirts to come in. By the time this episode drops, we'll probably be wearing them. And anybody, and I'm, they're I'm so snug, they're so comfy. Anybody that gets one that sends them to us, we're gonna. I'm already. I've already got several, you know, friends and fans committed to sending me a few pics. Once you guys shoot them to us on the socials or the email, whatever, we're gonna repost them from the page and tag the fans just as a way to just kind of. You know, it's gonna be fun. We're share the love out of it, so it'll help support the podcast and help support ourselves. And um, yeah, and check check in next week as well because we got special news coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, big things for the film effect guys. Big, big, big things. If you think the yeah, merch store, we had, the we merch had, store is just the beginning. We got some news for you coming this summer. Definitely, we told you definitely. So, uh, other than that, why don't you take us out of here, Sean? All right, gang. So we will see you guys next time when those theater lights dim and the opening credits begin to roll. I've been Ed. That's been Sean. It's been fun, but now it's done. All right, guys, take care. Check you later. Check you later.